trip and slip back to the bottom and then the right way I began. I wish I could say this was part of the plan, but this just a means to an end. And I can't wait to talk to my mother and tell her her boy done turned into the man. You got Chris Thomas. Mark Thompson in the building. Yeah, you're listening to the Running Back Sports Show. Sports with the Culture. What's going on, everybody? What's going chillin', on? Chilling, chilling. Happy New Year. Happy Tuesday. It's a little brisk out there. Uh, absolutely. And if you're not used to us at 4, 4 p.m., we'll get used to it. This is our new time slot from 4 to 6 p.m. every Tuesday. Let's go. Bringing in the new year, the right? Day, the day stays the same, but the hour changes, man. So, you know we're it. in the middle of rush hour and you want to hear some sports? We the guys. Of course. And if you want to reach us to join the conversation, because we got a lot in store for you today, it's 215 763 9596. But, yo, know, this is it, man. Yeah. This is kind of our last dance. I, uh, yeah, for I the mean, time being, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for the time being, yeah. You know, I'll, I'll be, I'm like a gnat at the barbecue. You know, when you finally get that good plate, you got your barbecue knees ready, and yeah. then there's that gnat just keep flying by. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm here, but I'm back, though. One more week. Yeah, absolutely. One more week. Yeah. We got a lot to talk about, too. Absolutely, man. We got some Eagles stuff to talk about, man. You got some revelations in terms of what we got wrong back in 2021. Mm-hmm. You got some Sixers news. Jeff Bauer from Sports Narrative. He's going to be calling in at 4.30. And once again, if you want to call and join the discussion, man, the line is open. Wide open, 215-763-9596. Yeah, man. Join First off, I want to. I know we're going to lead with the Eagles, of course. I know you got the MJ music in the background. You know, make me feel like I want to do a fadeaway. Yeah. You know, starting at guard, six foot six from North Carolina, Michael Jordan. But nah, how, like, where's your excitement level right now? Because you know where I'm about to go with this. In terms of what? As far as the Philadelphia Eagles having a playoff berth, where is your excitement, Chris? Kind of even kill. Why? I don't know. I, personally, I didn't think they were going to make it. <laughs> so that's why I'm trying to figure out why you're even killed. It's just I'm not expecting anything. That's the thing. That's the only reason why Like I'm just. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. See, this is why this is why I always said that Super Bowl low-key was one of the worst things to happen to our fan base. When have we ever just been okay with going to the playoffs? When have we just been like, uh, uh well, I, like I, you're already accepted the Here's the, the thing. I've already sold my soul for an Eagles Super Bowl. I don't I don't have another soul for to, to do oh, really to sell. Anything. Yeah. What did you do to sell it? Oh, I I just was like, yo, if I just win an Eagle, just win a Super Bowl in my lifetime and I won't complain about anything else. Wow. So I, I How's that been going? Still worth it. All right. Okay. That's that's so I just don't understand. I'm just trying to trying to get a vibe check on the city and there's a lot of people who essentially feel the way that you feel. It's just like, uh but for me it's like are y'all still Eagles fans the way we used to be before when we were hungry and we never saw a Super Bowl? Because, like, the fact that people aren't excited that we have a playoff berth in a year where we were supposed to, let's, let's be honest, forget that retool stuff. We were rebuilding. In a year where we were rebuilding with a first-year coach, we don't have a clue with the quarterback that we're getting. All we got was a four-game sample. We saw what this guy could do in college and Jalen Hurts. Now we get a full season of Jalen Hurts, and not only do we get a full season of Jalen Hurts, we get a playoff berth basically in his rookie season and Nick Sirianni's rookie season. I don't understand why people aren't more excited because at the end of the day, I get it. People may feel that Jalen isn't their guy necessarily at quarterback, 
But, I mean, only, what, 14 NFL teams make the playoffs? Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. Yeah, now. So, right, yes, because they had the new wild card. So, yeah, I mean, so he he's good for the most part. He's definitely led us to get to where we are. Was it flashy? No. Was it, I mean, did it look like Did it look like uh, Patrick Mahomes? Nope. Did it look like Josh Allen? Nope. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers? Nope. But you know what it looked like? It looked like someone who is a almost essentially a second-year quarterback who's still learning the game. We've seen his progression throughout the entire season. Like, we give Tyrese Maxey so much love in his second season, and we give nothing to Jalen Hurts. We give zero to Jalen Hurts. But Tyrese Maxey gets all the love, all the potential. He's our guy. Jalen Hurts, people are still like, uh. I mean, we're here, but yeah, well, it's. I just don't understand what's happening with the city right now. Well, the difference between Tyrese Maxey and what Jalen Hurts does is that it's still Joel Embiid's team, Agreed. regardless of how we look at things. This team goes and stops and goes as far as Joel Embiid takes. Maxey's just a supporting player, right? Meanwhile, Jalen Hurts is in the premier spot. He's not playing like a supporting player, by the way. I'm just saying, like the expectations is different. It's like. Okay, we have this point guard who is now our starting point guard because our used-to-be starting point guard, our all-defensive NBA point guard, decides to just abruptly retire, do a Carson Palmer retirement. That story doesn't sound familiar at all. What was Jalen Hurts drafted here to be? It wasn't a starter. He was supposed to be a backup behind who? Carson Wentz, right, who couldn't get the job done. So we got rid of him. Now Jalen Hurts stepped in, does what he's supposed to do. Okay, last year we were four eleven and one. Now we're we could essentially end ten and seven with a playoff berth, and Jalen Hurts gets no love. That's that's all I'm saying. He ne- he deserves some love. He definitely deserves some love. Nothing has changed. Jalen Hurts and Tyrese Maxey are literally in the same position. Only difference is. Jalen Hurts doesn't, I mean, he doesn't have that monkey over his back anymore, which was Carson Wentz behind him. Tyrese Maxey, of of course, he still has Ben Simmons in the situation. We get it. But now Jalen Hurts has capitalized on his opportunity now that Carson Wentz is gone. And look where we are. We are in the playoffs. And honestly, with this run game, you just don't know. You really don't know because if it's executed correctly, the way that we can control time of possession with the run game, of course there's going to be moments where Jalen has to throw. We have to run some play action, get guys involved. That way the run game can continue. But I'm sorry, it's time to give Jalen Hurts the same love that the city gives Tyrese Maxey. It is time. I mean, I've been gave Jalen Hurts. I'm give, I'm giving this due. So, I don't know. In the end, Eagle, listen, you got to think. Eagles fans just love being miserable. So, like, throughout, at some point, I'm starting to think that. Yeah, it's like all Twitter. I've seen you know people be happy that we made the playoffs, and then people you know were kind of upset because it kind of ruined our draft position. I'm like, wait, why are you guys upset? Right. Like, my thing is, is that I feel like certain Eagles fans, you know, the ones I'm talking about, would rather lose. To be to have their point be proven about Jalen Hurts than him actually doing what he's doing out I there. I agree. For me, I don't care. Win however you win by any means necessary. 
listen, it's it's it hasn't been pretty. It's been pretty ugly. But here's the thing: in the playoffs, ugly football kind of suits us. We run the football. That's we it. play solid defense. That's I mean, granted, I mean the opponents aren't ideal because either we face Tom Brady, or we face an, an explosive, newly tooled you know Rams offense with a chip on the shoulder, Odell Beckham. Right. And well, I'm, am I expecting a win? No, but they're going to fight. They're going to do what they can. But here's the thing. We're, we're, we're at house money. Yep. We we have a team that has no business being in the playoffs about to win 10 games. Mm-hmm. We have three first-round draft picks in the back pocket. At this point, should go for it. But the one thing I really do want to see, if Jalen Hurts – I I'm, I'm still don't know what they're going to be doing. I never know what Howie Roseman is thinking or what Jeffrey Lurie is thinking. But – my thing is, is this: if they don't, if they real, if they want to move forward from Jalen, needs to either go see like a Drew Brees or like a Peyton Manning. One thing is that Jalen will never have a lead arm strength, but the way he can do is, you know, improve those type, you know, window accuracy throws. And I feel like being in the all season, you know, learning from like a Hall of Fame quarterback or like learning, Im- improving on that. I feel like that's that will definitely go to like. You know, improving his standing as a quarterback. Right, I agree. Why? Why? How about as far fetched as this may sound? Why can't we just keep it local? We got Donovan McNabb in our back pocket. What? That's not. Is that not good enough? That's. I mean, that's the that's the closest thing that we have. I, I mean, he don't have the arm strength as McNabb, but he can do everything else McNabb did. Nah, McNabb just doesn't work for you. McNabb's short, McNabb's short accuracy was never was not that good. McNabb didn't. I mean, what? Because he threw it in the dirt. I'd rather him throw it in the dirt than an interception. I mean, he did plenty of that too in the playoffs. So. Not not a whole lot. He took care of the ball for the most part. There will be no more Donovan McNabb slander in this city. <laughs> as, as much as this quarterback BS we've been going through for years, I don't ever want to hear any more Donovan McNabb slander ever. Well, depends on the situation for me. Yeah, I mean, I guess. To should have retired an Eagle. I agree with that. I'll never forgive McNabb for that. I agree with that. I, I just, as we talked about last week, just still thinking that Jalen Hurts is a finished player just isn't it. Oh, he's not. There's yeah. still plenty of things. To me, the guy that the team's played for him, he's an, effect, he's an effective red zone quarterback because of his ability to, you know, run and get after. And you have an organization with a good history of athletic running quarterbacks like Randall Cunningham, like Michael Vick, 2010 post and Donovan McNabb, and he broke a record that none of those three quarterbacks were able to do, and that's run for 10 touchdowns in a single year. Yeah. The The only thing that really still bothers me about Jalen Hurts is just accuracy, and that's something that you can teach. Yep, that can be retooled. Like, here's, like, the thing is is that Drew Brees' arm throughout the entire year has began to deteriorate, but the guy was still throwing, like, completely like 66, 70% of his passes. Mm-hmm. So if Jalen Hurts is able to, you know, do that, you know, make those tight window throws inside the numbers, then I'm fine with him being our quarterback. Yeah. But in the end, it's you still ha- you still have to look at this team where it's like, okay, what we have now is cool. We're in the playoffs. We're going to have a playoff game, but don't be content. Mm-hmm. You still got to go get talent. You still got to find a potential wide receiver number two because you still don't have one in your roster. Agreed. You still have plenty of holes in your defense because your defense is aging. You still need a legitimate pass rusher outside of Josh Sweat because Fletcher Cox is getting older. Brandon Graham will be 35 coming off of Achilles tear. Sheesh. 
So you need some youth. You need some infusion of youth on defense. Steven Nelson, he's probably not going to come back as probably cornerback number two. You need to get younger in there. Rodney McLeod, he made the game-winning interception. I, I thank him for that. That boy hands was crazy. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't even seen a wide receiver make a like an all-hands catch like that in a while. Like that, that was definitely wide receiver talent, all-hands catch. That was a great catch by Rodney McLeod. Mm-hmm. But even so, that Ronnie McLeod, he's he's getting older. Anthony Harrison, a one-year deal, so you need some safety help also. Yeah. So there's still plenty of things that this team needs. And now because of what you're saying with Jalen Hurts, you don't really have to worry about the quarterback position. You shouldn't. At, at, at all. Do you – if – like, once again, like, if it's like a situation where it's like, okay, somebody's available and you can upgrade the position at a reasonable price, I wouldn't – I, I I won't get upset with it because we've seen this happen way too many times in the NFL before. But Jalen Hurts definitely deserves to be the quarterback going forward because it's a lot more affordable if he is the guy going forward than going out and getting somebody else. Yeah, I agree. And 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 call me crazy, right? We've got so much to build on. This is what this season was all about. It was to seeing what we had. Now we see that we have a quarterback who can win us games. Mm-hmm. We have a coach that we actually learn can make adjustments throughout the season. That's one of the things. I'm going to get on Nick Sirianni in a second. But one thing, though, I feel like what Jalen Hurts has showed us is that he has to be the guy. The reason I say he has to be the guy is because, just like you said, the things that we need on defense, it's right there. We have three first-round picks. It's literally right there. Our defense can easily make a big flip in that first round, and now we're talking something crazy. Mm-hmm. We, we can have a speedy linebacker, speedy edge rusher, a speedy um, aggressive corner. Like That is going to tremendously change our defense. Okay, I would, I would hope, I would kind of hope to kind of follow the model that we used when we did win the Super Bowl and hopefully – sign a veteran wide receiver Mm -hmm. at this point to kind of teach our young core how to be professionals in this NFL. Yeah. So I would I would hope it could be a veteran. The only problem with that is is that most of the top free agent wide receivers, they're all they're gonna be hurt and they're probably not going to be available until next season. Michael Gallup, I liked him a lot. Fortunately, it's not due to a lack of talent. Just CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper are just that damn good. They just kind of closed him out. Yeah, so like he tore his ACL. Chris Godwin, who I really liked, yeah. torn ACL. Yeah, but he was on a contract year. Yeah. That stinks. Yeah. It really sucks seeing guys, you know, who are on contract year. It's just like not not make it. Yeah. So. Yeah, that that's. T- still got yeah. still got veterans like uh, Mike Williams from the Chargers. I'm not opposed to that. Yeah. I'm not saying someone who's going to come in and give us. Ten touchdowns and a thousand receiving yards. I mean, that would help. Oh, that would help a lot. I just want—I just want someone to help teach and groom these guys. You know, I mean, shoot, like, can we? I don't understand. Um, I don't know. I just don't understand how people don't go after legendary players who have a wealth of knowledge. Like, I don't understand. Like, how? How is Jerry Rice not like a receivers coach somewhere? Maybe in the NFL. Maybe because he, he doesn't want to. A True. Of, like That's like the Michael Jordan thing. Yeah, it's like, you know, just because I was good at it doesn't mean I want to teach people that. That's true. That's very true. But it always just blew my mind. Like, there's so many people who were amazing and great at what they did, especially within your own organization who are former players. Like, watching Brian Westbrook break down film 
And I'm like, how is he, he this, how is he not employed by the Eagles somewhere? Like I don't I don't I don't get that. Like everything he be saying makes sense. I'm like, what what's going on? <laughs> like what? And we and we have so many former players who are within the media who represent our team and they don't even really be like truly associated with our team the way that they they should be. So that that's always puzzling to me, especially when you have greats like that. So how did you feel about that uh, Washington win overall? Another come-from-behind victory to uh, seal the deal. I'm really mad it really took, you know, a game-clinching interception to close those guys out. Yeah, I agree. It was tough. Yeah, but, you know, in the end, it's a divisional game, so it's to be expected. Wouldn't, wouldn't be a typical Eagles game either, you know. Since when do we have an easy game Yeah, where we just, you know, do what we're supposed to do? Yeah. It just doesn't really happen too often. Mm-hmm. So I thought the game was pretty solid. Of course, another slow start, but it's just crazy how when we flip that light switch, next thing you know, we just put up 20 points in the second half like it's nothing. So it's like when we finally come around and play a complete game, who knows, we might put up a 50-piece. Like we just, we just, We just really don't have a clue. Like we don't have a clue at all. But I think that was a great win. We definitely got some assistance from Green Bay, which was a no-brainer. We got some assistance from the 49ers. Those guys took care of business to help us secure that spot in the wild card. So I think it's it's great that we are in there. I'm very excited for the team. I still have zero expectations though. I'm just I'm literally watching as a fan. I'm watching as a fan. I'm not coming in saying we're gonna do it. Nah, I'm, no, 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 no. I think it's it's helped me so much for my mental. It's helped me a lot as a fan. I haven't been as down when we lose and I haven't been super up when we win I've just been all right I've been like okay I mean hey we lost and this is how we lost we won and this is how we won so I'm going to keep that same momentum going into the playoffs and let's not get it twisted acting like wild card teams don't mess around and make it to the Super Bowl the Giants did it twice when they won I'm just saying and I think Pittsburgh did it that first one with Ben Roethlisberger that's how Rodgers got his only ring yeah, exactly. So I mean, it, it's not it's not far fetched. Um, I'm not trying to aim high, but definitely I, it's a win. I think it's a win. Um, I I got a couple of uh, numbers here from Jalen Hurts this season. So he's thrown 16 touchdown passes, which should be like 22. Um, he's thrown for 3,144 yards, nine interceptions. He's rushed for 10. Touch, 10 rushing touchdowns, and he's rushed for 784 rushing yards. And as a starter this season, he has given us eight wins. That's a total of 26 touchdowns and almost about 4,000 all-purpose yards. I mean, what more do we? What more do we need for him to prove? Like, of course, there's still room and growth, but 26 total touchdowns in his first year starting. And eight wins. I mean, it technically should be nine, but he didn't play because that that ankle injury and Gardner Minshew stepped in. But I mean, eight wins. Come on. I, I mean, I'm not I'm not mad about that at all. And we made the playoffs. Carson Wentz didn't do that in his first season. I'm just saying. I just don't understand how people are just still like uh on um Jalen Hurts. So and then, and then also in the month of December December. His uh, completion percentage has been up. He's up to 67%. And then he, his rating is at 106.3. So he's been playing much better. I now understand that he hasn't been throwing the ball as often because we've been so run-centric, thank God. But 
no, it, it's it's been absolutely it's been uh, it's been good to watch. I mean, just going seven and two when we started out, what was it, two and five? Like that that's that's crazy. So I, I feel like this team deserves a lot more love, and it, it's it's going to go down. It's, it's going to go down for sure. So I don't I don't know what's going to happen. Now, as far as this upcoming week against Dallas, the game has been moved to Saturday. We got about 12 players who are who tested positive for COVID. I mean, but to be honest, with the new CDC guidelines, they could be back if everything goes well because it's only five days now. Yeah. So they could they could be back on Saturday. But the question is this: What do you do, Chris, if you're Nick Sirianni? Do you play your starters or you are you resting your guys? I play, player play? guys. Okay, and, and and why? You gotta, you're not good enough to just rest your starters at this point. Mm. You need as much reps as you could possibly can. Uh, Devontae Smith and Jalen Hurts needs as much reps as they can against a playoff ready team like the Dallas Cowboys to get themselves ready. Right. So, like, Goddard needs to reps. Uh, Jordan Malaya, he needs to reps. So you have a lot of young guys on that team. Right. So. Them getting reps instead of like just taking a week off and the fear of being like rusty, like shaking off the rust. Because next, because after the Dallas game, you're either going up against Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey or the defending Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. Now is not the time to rest. Okay. So just to play devil's advocate, Jalen Hurts has been excellent in the pocket as of late. You know, his escapability has been amazing, he's been finding guys down the field. Let's just say there's no one down the field, and he decides to take off, tackle, reaggravates that inter- that ankle. How you feeling now? In a game that's essentially meaningless for us right now, it's not going to really affect us in the standings that I, much. I mean, it it kind of does. We could go up to the number six spot. That's true. Yeah. It happens. Football happens. It I does. Mean, you. Yeah, I mean, you don't. You can't you can't focus on your decisions on what what could happen and like right. what ifs. You can only just focus on what you can control. Yeah. And Jalen Hurts definitely takes care of himself on the field. He does. There's never a situation where it's like, okay, this was a dumb play for him that made himself got hurt. No. Yeah, that's what Carson once did. Yeah. Yeah, Jalen Hurts doesn't really do that. Also, here's the thing: are 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 we over Carson Wentz now? Are, are, I've it, been long over Carson I'm, I'm Wentz. I'm about to say because I was I, done with Carson Wentz last season. Okay, I was I was about to say because honestly, at this point, the one thing that really bothers me, especially on the Eagles' Twitter, is like they feel like they have to consistently compare what Jalen Hurts is doing right now to what Carson Wentz is doing in the end. I'm like, who cares? We as soon as Jalen Hurts as at the very max, as soon as Carson Wentz played enough stats for us to convert that pick to a number to a first round pick. That should have been it in That's terms it. of how meant, how that people should care about Carson Wentz here in the city I of Philadelphia. Agree. I agree. Like Carson is, Carson's happy. He's doing his own thing in Indiana. They're a playoff team, and the big thing about Carson is that I also talked to us about like with one of my friends. He's like the biggest thing to me is that he's learned humility. He's learned that you know what I don't know everything. I can't do everything. I have to trust you know Frank Wright that. What he's doing and what and what he wants me to do is the right thing for me, because I've for five years in Philadelphia, I've done it my way, and I'm now pretty much if this doesn't work out, I could 
not be a starter in the league anymore. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you know he's there, he's learned humility, he's kind of really taking a backseat because the Colts are a run-oriented, run-first-oriented team, and he feeds off that. It's it's kind of like a humbling experience, and I feel like that's exactly what Carson Wentz needs. He'll make those occasional, you know, oh my God, plays like every now and then, but it's not consistent. Yeah, and he's also not in a position to technically make those plays anymore because of the weapons that he has surrounded with him. I mean, he has he has a couple of good wide receivers. He got some great weapons. Uh, excellent running game. An excellent old line. Yeah. So, and I'd say a pretty fair defense. Yeah. They're fair. They're not not crazy. They're not bad. It was a far cry from what it was last year. I agree. So, I mean, overall, I like I said, I've been over Carson Wentz since last season because his decision making and just trying to do too much was just too it's just too much for me. So, I've been done with him and I completely agree. As soon as he was able to complete 75% of those starts, mm-hmm. we're good. Like that's it. We got our first round pick. We appreciate you. You know, even though we're sitting with all that de- dead cap, we're still paying you and we still managed to I'm, make the playoffs. I mean, that's how he rose his fault. I know, but I mean still. Like we're still able to make the playoffs and a year where we weren't I think we have um I think it was like the second most dead cap in the NFL and we still ended up making the playoffs, which is great. So imagine if we could spend that money yeah. at some point. So um, speaking speaking of that, um, just just random. I want to give a big shout out to T.J. Edwards because for a team who has zero linebackers, so we say, T.J. Edwards has been really good. I mean, he has he has six games with over ten plus tackles. He's done it back to back the past two games, and we we go five and one when he has ten plus tackles so far. So his linebacker play has been absolutely great, and I want to give a shout out to him because. Linebacker is something that we've been so like linebacker play is something that we desperately have been talking about for the past I don't know almost a decade at this point I can't think of the last like last good linebacker we had uh, I mean D'Amico Ryan's who's the guy that we traded um, Lashawn McCoy for he was supposed to be a great Lashawn linebacker Lonzo. yeah like he was supposed to be a great linebacker that didn't really pan out but nah definitely big shouts out to T.J. Edwards because he's been playing very well and he's been all over the place and I I think that should not be overlooked the way that this guy has come on in the second half of the season. Um, also, I wanted to give a big, big shout-out to Nick Sirianni. I definitely was – I was kind of – I was I was rough on him in the beginning. I was super rough on him. A little rough. Oh, I was very rough on him. I was, like, done. Like, week one when we smoked Atlanta, I'm like, all right, okay, okay. Then, like, the next three games, like, what the heck is going on? We got the same thing. Everything's the same. All we want to do is RPO, 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 RPO. But then well, he heard the booze. I guess he realized – his uh, depth chart, you know, he went and moved, moved some people around from the depth chart, and he adjusted. And I've always felt like the Eagles' offensive line was much better when we were running. And now that has shown up again. Now that we're a run-centric team, our offensive line is, like, more amazing than I can ever remember, maybe the Super Bowl year. And now we're, I think, I think it's what, uh, 43 yards away from an Eagles franchise record for rushing mm-hmm. yards in a season? Like, where did that come from? I feel like we would have never seen this type of adjustment from Doug Peterson because the last time Doug Peterson ran a lot, he got in trouble. <laughs> and then he never did it again and got fired, basically. I mean, to be fair, this offensive line has done a really good job of staying healthy this year. I agree. Outside of really Lane Johnson, who missed a couple games due to, like, not— Personal reasons. Yeah, personal reasons. And Brandon Brooks. So Yeah. But, listen, uh, Jordan Malai, he's the future. Landon Dickerson, he definitely has a future at left guard. 
granted, I mean, I don't, more importantly, just a big shout-out to Jeff Statlin. He's definitely one of the best yeah. offensive line coaches in, in, in the entire world. Mm-hmm. So just seeing this team – you know, run the football. I feel like you know what. As long as we got Jeff Stoutland, it doesn't matter like, like what practice squad guys we get in there. They're going to come in. They're going to know the assignment, and you know they're going to they're going to carry that weight. Literally, pretty much everyone, as far as out of the backfield, is able to produce with this offensive line. I mean, we got freaking Boston Scott, who's four eleven and a half. We got Miles Sanders, who sometimes is a fumbling machine. We've got Jordan Howard, who's a, a absolute bulldozer and and occasionally Kenneth Gainwell gets some runs back there so I mean whoever's back there that's great it kind of it almost reminds me of uh remember uh they used to call the Giants um run offense earth wind fire when they had um what's his name uh Bradshaw Brandon Jacobs Brandon Jacobs and I'm missing one I forgot his name but they had a great running um Run, running back by committee, and I kind of feel like we're a little bit similar to how they were running back in the day. I, I mean, our defense is nowhere nearly close I mean, to that Giants if, defense. I mean, really, if anything, we're kind of like the old for Falcons. We're DVD, if anything. I could see that, too. Dunn, Vic, uh, Dun, Vic, and Duckett. Yeah. yeah. You got the power back in Jordan Howard, TJ Duckett. You got the everything back, Miles Sanders, and then you got the athletic running quarterback, which is, you know, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, no, I I agree. That's yeah. actually a great analysis. Yeah, and uh, four thirty, we got a call now with Jeff Bowers. Hey, Jeff, how's it going? Hey, what's happening, guys? What up, Jeff? Happy oh. New Year! Oh, nothing, man. Happy I'm... New Year! Happy twenty twenty two! Happy playoffs for you boys! Yeah, congratulations! Mm-hmm. Yeah, you definitely. Avoided a mohawk. That's impressive. <laughs> and I already have my throwback Jerome Brown jersey on order that I will wear happily and proudly at the uh, Senior Bowl when I see you down there, Chris. So uh, congratulations, <laughs> sir, on a very nice win. And, uh, yeah, very nice. Yeah. Um, I, I, like, after that Washington win, I just pat my head. I'm like, thank you. Like, this isn't, <laughs> like, isn't going to happen. <laughs> well, and that Washington win was a little dicey. Especially at halftime, I'm looking at that thing with 16 to seven, and man, it's just—it's one of those things where you guys. I mean, basically the second half of that game, you kind of played flawlessly, which yeah. is impressive. But it's not great that you had to play flawlessly to be a Washington team that's kind of quit. Yeah. So, I mean, it's—I'm—I'm I, I'm fascinated what you guys think of the the. The situation with Hurts, the situation would you rather see some Minshew in there? I mean, what is this team for you guys? I, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of fascinated to hear that myself. I mean, the only the only time I want to see Garner Minshew is probably this Saturday, and if Jalen Hurts doesn't want to play. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll, Go ahead, Chris. Yeah. Outside of that, yeah, Jalen Hurts has. Unless they're going to try to get a veteran quarterback to like try to upgrade the position, Jalen Hurts is definitely is the quarterback going uh, forward. I don't like any of these quarterbacks in this draft going oh, forward. Oh, a hundred percent. Like, no, you're not. I mean, there's there's nobody. I mean, unless you get Pickett, which is the only guy I'm even vaguely interested in. Yeah, I'm um, good. The, as a, as a legit starter, he's al- he's and already a stealer on my mental too. mock draft. Yeah, I, I was to say we, we can go through those quarterbacks too because. It's such a weird class. You know, you, you look at a guy like, you know, everybody was to- touting Matt Corral and obviously the injury, and that's, that's awful in the bowl game. Yeah. But 
you're going to tell me that you're going to you're going to give the reins to a 190 pound quarterback whose best skill is running? No, 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 uh, absolutely not. That just does not work. Uh, and then you know, I mean, Sam Howell is, is a complete mental case. Like he he reminds me, he's got a lot of Geno Smith in him, and that ain't a good thing. He can spin it, but woof, you don't know where it's going, and neither does he. Um, Hopefully, he doesn't know, owe anybody I mean, any money. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Willis kid is a complete project. I mean, that's just a crapshoot. You you know you can you can roll the dice and, and see if that's that's something. And then Ritter. I mean, I mean, I think Ritter to me is a guy who's a nice bus driver kind of quarterback. He reminds me of kind of a poor man's Andy Dalton. Uh, you, you know, he's a guy that will distribute the ball. It could be a point guard, but I mean, we saw the limitations against Alabama, and and I think that. You know, that's a guy that in any other draft, he's a second or third rounder that people are like, okay, he's got a little upside. Maybe you got something there, but he's not a top five, ten quarterback. And like I said, that leaves you Pickett, who I think is a pure pocket passer type who, you know, can stand in there and, and obviously showed this year he can make all the throws. I, I mean, I think there's going to be a bidding war uh, at the top of this draft. I think it, and I think it will be for Pickett because. It's going to be who's willing to pay the price on those middle-tier teams, starting Carolina, Washington, Pittsburgh. You know, this uh, – I was on the radio on right after Christmas uh, here locally in Dallas on the ticket, and I did a quick uh, thing on, you know, kind of on the fly of saying, okay, there is potentially 11 quarterback-needy teams going into next season, teams that would like – or potentially could upgrade their quarterback position. I mean, this goes all the way to, you know, Cleveland with Baker, this Miami, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, Carolina, Washington, you know, all these types of teams, right? Uh, I mean, hell, the Giants, but we know they're not going to. Uh, so, and, and then, of course, the teams that might be trading people, like the Packers, like Seattle, uh, like Houston, although they may stick with Davis Mills, which, good luck with that. So... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you look at that, and then you look at the, those quarterbacks that are out there and those guys that could be available. Uh, and so, man, it's going to be a wild off season. And then, of course, with all the draftable kids, you know, somebody's going to be left. It happens every year. Somebody's going to be left without a chair when the music stops. And that's the team you don't want to be. But it's going to happen. I mean, hell, Sam Darnold got traded. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Jeff, I just wanted to uh, go back on Jalen Hurts a little bit because I know you were super tough on him in the beginning. And and then at this point, I feel like Jalen Hurts, he's definitely our guy. Like, I'm not using one of those top, um, those first-round picks for a quarterback because it's all, it's almost like the unknown. You've got to teach a young guy the NFL system how to be a yeah. pro all over again when you got a guy who just proved that. And not only did he just prove that, he just took you to the playoffs as well. So at okay. this point okay. – Again, let me, let me put you in the wayback machine because Tebow made the playoffs too. Stop right? that, Jeff. Come on, and, and look, it's look, Tebow. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, everybody said the same thing about, like, look, yeah, we know, we know he's, you know, he's, he's Tebow, this, that, and the other, but at the same time, the dude put up a winning record, dude made the playoffs. Look, Jeff, just to kill, just to kill that right now, 
The okay. only way Jalen Hurts is not our guy is if, just like the Tebow situation, since you want to keep talking about that, we get yep. Aaron Rodgers like they got Peyton Manning. That's the only I, way. I, absolutely. That's the 100%. only way. Other than that, Jalen Hurts is our guy. We're going to use those picks to solidify our defense, and we're going to build off Jalen Hurts. Like, I don't I don't understand, like, where no, 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 people no, are so no. lost. Like, I'm, I'm not saying that, like, look – you know, we talked about this a little bit last time, I think. Yeah. Like, there's two philosophies of going into things, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there is the, okay, absolutely sell out. I got to get a quarterback. Let me roll the dice. I either get it or I don't. It is what it is, right? Yep. And it works out, or my GM gets fired, and I start over, and I start the rebuilding plan again. I mean, oh, that Cleveland's doesn't been doing this here. since the 80s, right? So, the, or there's the, okay, I've got a guy who's pretty good. I've got a guy who's a bus driver. I've got a guy who can get me – some wins when I need it. Now, he's not going to put the team on his back. He's not a franchise quarterback, but he's a guy that's pretty good. And if I build a team around him, I can win. Now, mm-hmm. that has also worked, right? Because you have teams, you know, I mean, Brad Johnson's got a Super Bowl ring, right? I mean, these things happen. It can happen. But those are rarities. And you got to have a system and you got to have a, a, a unit, especially either defensively or a running game or something, that can carry that team. That the has Patriots. to be special. So, yes, you use all those picks. You draft yourself an uh, absolutely elite defense, which this draft has got some elite defenders in it. You could do that, and that is a way to go. But for every team that's a Brad Johnson or you know a Trent Dilfer winning a Super Bowl, there's, you know, the ditches are littered with teams like the Bengals when they did have a guy like Andy Dalton, who was a pretty decent quarterback, right? And they had a pretty decent team. And they went to a, several playoffs, and they never won it or never even got close, right? You, I mean, that's the other thing about it, right? So it, it's, it's not a bad deal. And, and, and like you say, you, you go with Jalen Hurts, you're going to know the good and the bad. You're going to have – you've got to know that, like, if you get down 20 points, that ain't the dude to bring you back. Oh, no, we lost that game. That game's over. (laughs) The the real question, though, Jeff, because all I hear is franchise quarterback, and it's not just from you, it's from in general. How many teams really have a franchise quarterback? Well, when you look at this year, I mean, look, let's talk about all the teams that you're going to be playing in the playoffs. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? Stafford? That's fair. I don't know. Is Brady still considered a franchise quarterback despite his age? Dude, I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's throwing picks like crazy. I mean, the Rams are if, – if there's a team you want to play, I think that top group, I think it might be the Rams. I mean, oh, definitely the Rams. Cowboys. Yeah. But here's the thing about it, and this is the thing. Okay, I, here's another thing. We've been so tough. You, you guys and me both on Nick Sirianni, right? Let me say this about Nick Sirianni. Is one of the things that's really come up is they have been really good in the red zone. You guys are seventh in the league in red zone percentage – uh, on the season. Doesn't even which feel like it. That's crazy. Doesn't feel like it at By all. The, I, I, yeah, absolutely. Like, it doesn't feel that way. But, yeah, you guys are seventh in the league. And, and it's come up a whole lot. I mean, you were perfect against Washington, two for two, and that was the difference in that game. Um, so that's the thing where uh, – so I was just looking at these numbers. So for this Cowboys game coming up, of course, and because uh, the Cowboys have been dreadful. And Kellen Moore, anybody that hires Kellen Moore, just be prepared to kick a lot of field goals because, good <laughs> God, that guy is terrible in the red zone. Um, Sounds perfect for Jacksonville. Way, I also really hope that's who you play in the first round, but I know it won't happen. Um, so this is, this is the thing about that is the Cowboys on the season are 16th 
in red zone percentage. And that's come up. They were in the 20s all season. It's only come up because that Washington game that was a complete aberration. Um, but you look at the splits for them. here, And this is for you guys, too, and I think this is why it doesn't feel that way. For you guys at home, you are somewhere around 54% red zone percentage. You're 60 on the season. So slightly below average, slightly below where you should be at home. On the road, mm-hmm. you guys are at 67%, one of the highest, like, in the top ten or the top five of the league. Road dogs. On the road in the red zone, which is bizarre. Mm-hmm. Here's my favorite stat. The Cowboys, at home, are 83% red zone uh, completion uh, or percentage success, uh, first in the league, by a mile. Mm. And on the road, they are 34% red zone percentage, mm. which is – Third worst behind only Detroit and the Giants. That's terrible. There's the Achilles heel. That's why the Cowboys won't be winning the Super Bowl. So you can always, you you can sleep comfortably knowing that at least. We've been sleeping comfortable since 1995. We're okay here in Philly. Yes, sir. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, Jeff, uh, let me me ponder this question on you. So the season ended today. um, It's looking like Jacksonville will have the number one overall pick. Yeah. Once again, so my question for you is that if you're the GM, would you opt to get one of these pass rushers like a Kavon Thibodeau or a Aiden Hutchinson, or would you go Evan Neal from Alabama? Okay, first of all, there's no way I would go Evan Neal. I mean, I think Evan Neal is a good player. I think it does fill a need for them, but I don't think Evan Neal is worth the number one overall pick. Um, I think that dude is going to struggle. He's I mean, look, they've already done this before. His name was Cam Robinson. He played there for 10 years. He still plays left tackle for them. He's not very good. Uh, He's a great big body who's a good run blocker and a subpar left tackle. Um, And I think that's what Evan Neal is. You put him right tackle, maybe all pro. You put him in left tackle, he'll be okay and could probably play for a while. Uh, So, no. Uh, If I'm Jacksonville, first of all, I put the pick up for bid and see who wants him because they need everything. Uh, Secondarily... I think is something where I look for – I think you've got to take the, the talent on the board and whether they evaluate that as Thibodeau or Hutchinson, even though they've already got a couple of pass rushers, though the uh, chase on pick is a complete bust looking like. Um, I, I think you've got to go pass rusher. Look, teams can win with the pass rush. Jacksonville's been had a terrible defense all year. Um, I think that you definitely go with the best player on the board with the first pick. Um and like I said, at that point, it just kind of becomes what scheme you're running. Because I think Thibodeau is going to be a fantastic outside linebacker type. Uh, I think in a 4-3, he'll be a, a, a situational pass rusher at first uh, because he just doesn't hold up to the run as well, though he's very slick and I think can, can do well in a wide nine system. Uh, Hutchinson is your prototypical 4-3 down lineman, you know, Michael Strahan type of defensive end. And I, I think he's going to have a very impressive career you know, Chris Long, Strahan type of guy that's going to be in that role. So I, I think, you know, you just depending on what scheme you want, which guy you want, I think that's the way you go. I think those are your top two picks there because Detroit will take whichever one doesn't. <laughs> and then it kind of goes to Houston, and Houston has the world at their, at their, you know, their fingertips because you're picking ahead of the Giants and the Jets. You can kind of go whichever way you want. I sure as hell was rooting for Houston to beat San Francisco last week so uh, my Jets could move up a little bit. But, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, you take what falls to you. Having that Seattle pick helps too. So, um, yeah, I, I think the top of this draft, there's so many good defensive players at the top here. 
Uh, you're starting to see the Purdue kid, Karloftis, rise up again after sliding a little bit. You're starting, you know, those cornerbacks, uh, be it Booth or, I mean, we saw what Gardner did to, to Alabama. Uh, I mean, Alabama stayed away from him, and rightly so. Uh, Soft Gardner is, is impressive there uh, out of Cincinnati, I think. You know, obviously, uh, you know, we've all talked about uh, – Singley and or Sing, uh, Singley and all that. So like, there's a ton of guys, um, especially defense. So you want to build that defense, man. This is a great draft to do it. Mm-hmm. So, pretty much, you talked a lot about uh, you know quarterbacks that you like and you don't like. You said the only person that you kind of are semi interested is in Kenny Pickett. You didn't mention Carson Strong at all. So, what's your evaluation on him? Uh, you know, Strong is a guy that. You know, he's not like – I think what most people envision in their mind is the typical Nevada kind of quarterback who's, you know, very mobile, has got a cannon arm and just, you know, that type of thing. That's not what this guy is at all. Like, I think Carson Strong, you know, his, li- his mobility might be his biggest liability. Um, he's, got in- he's got impressive arm strength. I-, I, mention- I don't ever mention him in the top group because I just don't know yet what he is. Um, I never got a good feel on him, and and I need to go back and watch some tape, and and I'm going to get some more advice from other people who did watch him up close and and get to know him, and, you know, like you said, this is why you go through that draft evaluation. He's the guy I feel like I have the best, the least best handle on Mm -hmm. um, through the process. I think he can be a good, you know, distributive quarterback. I think I could totally see somebody falling in love with him. Uh, you know, in those middle rounds. And, and like I said, one of those three picks, you're sitting there with you guys saying, you know, hey, why not uh, replace one Carson with another in that pick? Yeah, we are a quarterback <laughs> so factory. It's a possibility. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's kind of the sixth of picks for me uh, just because I think there's physical limitations. And I think that uh, I don't have a really good handle on his mental side and the level of competition as of yet. But, you know, at this time last year, I would have said the same thing about Zach Wilson because I just didn't know. And then you watch the kid, and then you see the process, and you go, okay, that does make sense. And now, by the way, we look back in retrospect, and all the people that said, oh, absolutely, you take Justin Fields over Cars- uh, over Zach Wilson and all that. Well, Wilson in the last few games has actually looked like a real quarterback, shockingly, and Fields hasn't and, and never has. Now, again – the evaluation process is a very long thing. It takes time. The, you know, these kids grow and mature at different speeds based on their teams and all of it. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things where people are banging the table saying, absolutely, if you didn't take Justin Fields, you're an idiot. Well, through one year, that doesn't look like the great evaluation. But we'll see. I mean, things change. I mean, Chicago's about to clean house, so maybe that, that's yeah, – <laughs> no doubt. Uh, yeah, that, I was going to say, there are several teams that – that are cleaning house, and there's several teams that should clean house but aren't. Uh, namely, like I said, those Giants, yeah, the Giants. in the division. Uh, uh, man, I am mad. I, I, I don't know, know what they're doing. Yeah, you know, you know, listen. I, I said this after the Giants went after the Giants win. I'm like, yo, extend Joe Judge. You know, this man is doing yeah. a service for the rest of the NFC East. <laughs> I mean, you know, we've seen anytime you fire a GM and you keep a coach, that just puts the coach. You know, you just. This never works, right? Because yeah. it's it, you're never going to keep him long term. Um, a GMs want their own coaches and they want their own quarterbacks, and you're not letting this new GM have either. So basically, you're going to waste a year. Yeah, you're um, you're handcuffing him. Futility, and then you know next year they'll 
they'll you know they'll get a new quarterback, they'll get a new coach, and they'll start at zero again. So I mean, look, Giants fans, get ready to suck for another year because that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Another question. Um, so, if you're in the market, if you're in this draft, and you're looking for a potential number two wide receiver, and you have Garrett Wilson, you have Chris Olave, Drake London, Jamison Williams on the board, who's the first wide receiver that's coming off your board? Man, that's a fascinating question too, because this this draft has it doesn't have that really big name guy. Right, it doesn't have like the here's an absolute number one guy. Yeah. But man, there's a ton of guys that I love. I, you know, I, I love Trey Burks, uh, the Arkansas kid. Uh, I think Drake London. Obviously, if the medicals check out, uh, those are big bodied number one type of guys. But you also have to watch them and see if they can get the separation. Do they show you the short area speed? You know, this is why when the combine and you know, I mean the underwear Olympics. But it's why it matters because. Like, I want to see what that guy runs a three-cone drill in. I, I want to see what, you know, what that speed is. Because, I mean, look, remember, DK Metcalf slid into the second round because everyone was like, well, I mean, he just ran fly routes. Well, yeah, if you just watch his tape, he just ran fly routes. But if you go watch that combine and you didn't walk away going, dude, that guy's an amazing athlete, uh, you know, that, that it's just it shows you. And it shows you how that guy has been able to elevate his game. So, that's that's another process. Uh, I, I would say right now, uh, Jameson Williams is obviously going to be the number one guy. I mean, he's he's doing it for Alabama and those Alabama receivers. And you see the technique in his game, much like you guys see with Devontae, mm-hmm. that, that the ability to set up receivers and run those routes and be that smooth, it's, it's something that Alabama is so good at teaching. And we've seen those technicians that are able to come in the league and despite not having the size or maybe not even having the, the game-breaking speed, be able to do that. So uh, I think he would be my number one right now. Um, but, again, this is another year where there's free agent class that is pretty deep but now has a bunch of question marks, right? Because Godwin, obviously the injury. Yeah. Uh, Michael Gallup was about to be a free agent and, and I think it paid a bunch of money uh, to leave Dallas, and now he's got the injury. So – you know, you look at those things and you say, oh, man, like, like, do I take a chance on a receiver I know is established and ready to go, or do I draft a kid knowing that rookie wide receivers take time to develop? You guys have seen that with Devontae this year. Like, it's taken a little bit of time, and now he's really starting to come into form. Um, so, yeah, it's, I, I think it all depends on your situation. If you guys think that, hey, we're one receiver away from being – really good and really competitive and, and maybe giving Hurts that extra weapon that he needs, awesome. Go get yourself a big-bodied wide receiver to pair up with the two little guys you got and go. Uh, but if, you know, because, I mean, Dallas Goddard can't catch every pass. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, but then again, like I said, maybe that's something where you go and say, hey, let's pay money to a guy like Michael Gallup who – could be a true number one and now everything else falls into place behind that right so it's just it just kind of it's uh it all depends on what team you're talking about but for the eagles i think i think you just keep best player available drafting young i think you need to rebuild that offensive line a little bit especially on the interior which this is again a great draft to do that in at every position but center uh because there's like one draftable center in this draft um, everywhere else, guards, tackles, there's quite a few that you can get that have that can step in and start in day one. 
And with all those picks, I think that's a great way to go. And then, obviously, rebuilding the defense. Um, maybe, you know, consider drafting a linebacker before the fourth round. Mm-hmm. Just a thought sometime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and by draftable center, you mean Tyrell Limbaugh from Iowa, or are you talking about like Jerry Patterson? Uh, what do you mean? Sorry about that. You said one draftable center. Um, so who's that? Oh, Linderbaum. Yeah, Linderbaum. Yeah. Uh, Patterson's okay. I think he'll be good in a zone-blocking system, but I'm not sure he's got enough uh, enough sand in the dump truck to hold up against big-time defensive tackles. Um, I, you know, I think the Lidstrom kid from Boston College is, is also okay. I mean, he's a guy I think can come in and compete for a job. Um, but those guys are going to be third, fourth, fifth-round guys that you hope could start for you. Linderbaum walks in and starts day one and is a you know ten year Pro Bowler. Um, that's what I mean by and but then that's the other thing is after those guys, man, it falls off a cliff. I think there's a kid out of Kentucky and then that's about as far as I've scouted and I'm probably about three two hundred and fifty three hundred players deep so far. There's not much at the center position, but Linderbaum, the Iowa kid, is going to be an absolute stud, and I I fully expect him to be potentially even a top ten pick in this draft. Okay. Yeah. Honestly, uh, if we do get a wide receiver, hopefully it's a hopefully it's a Buckeye, so I can finally get one of the. So yeah, I can finally get a jersey. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. I mean, I, I like Garrett Wilson. Um, I think. I mean, it, dude, we saw in the Rose Bowl. I mean, you saw the Jackson kid absolutely kind of emerge as the number one receiver. Um, yeah. You know, Olave is a guy I, I worry about a little because, man, he's disappeared a little bit on that team, especially down the stretch for them. Uh, I, I think he's going to be good. I just don't know if he does anything especially well. It's He does a lot of things good, but nothing especially well. Uh, Garrett Wilson, obviously, the, the top-end speed, I think, is what's going to uh, cause people to, you know, you love him with the ball in his hands. But I don't know how much he is of a technician in running routes because it doesn't feel like he's like he feels like he wins with speed and, and athleticism and not necessarily uh, with the nuances of game. So I think he's a guy that you could draft early, but he's not going to be a, he's not going to be all that he was at Ohio State for a while. It's going to take him a while to learn the game. So I think that's why I hesitate on those Ohio State wide receivers right now. Plus that Ryan Smith system that they run is so um, it, it, you know, it's, it's very much like what we used to talk about with the, with the old air raid offense, right? Mm-hmm. It's so predetermined and set up. It's why it's impossible to, to evaluate wide receivers and quarterbacks in that system, because they're not, they're running such a paint by number system that it's hard to see, okay, what are you going to do when I'm, you know, I'm running a West coast offense. Cause you know, it, it's all so predetermined. Uh, and it, it was, well, I guess, why the Justin Fields evaluation was so tough last year. Um, so I, I think there's a little bit of that that I worry about. But, again, it can always change. I mean, Olave could come out there and run a 4-3-5 and look amazing and, and killer in drills, and I would say, okay, maybe I was wrong. Maybe you need to go back and watch the tape again and, and see what I missed. Um, that's what's great about the draft evaluation process is, one, these kids can get better, especially with coaching especially, you know, at the Senior Bowl when they get mm-hmm. NFL coaching for the first time, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of them do. Uh, and hopefully, Chris, you and I can uh, throw back a couple of pints and uh, hang out a little bit down there. <laughs> I'll have you on the air. 
Oh, oh, absolutely. And uh, one last question before I let you go. Speaking of the coaches, uh, do you have any predictions on what's going to be the coaching staffs down there? Or have they, like, reported anything out there yet? Well, um, I mean, look, Houston came out today and said that they're keeping David Culley. Sure. So, I mean, that seems to be locked in. And I don't see Detroit firing Campbell after one year, mostly because their owners are cheap. Um, so that's what I anticipate. I think it'll be Houston and Detroit. Uh, I was really hoping hard that my jet staff could be down there with Robert Sala, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, it's funny cause I was just thinking back last season. Um, there were so many coaching changes at the top of the draft last year. Cause for those of you who don't know the senior bowl, they choose the, uh, basically the two worst teams that didn't fire their coach is how it works. So, you kind of just go down the list. Well, so many of those top teams fired their coaches. You know, when you start looking at that list of Jacksonville, the Jets, um, uh, Atlanta, and uh, Miami. Uh, well, not Miami because Miami ended up going. So they had the third. They they were there. They took a player, and then it. I mean, it was just a, just wild ass all the way down the board. And so it ended up being Carolina, which was drafting, I think, ninth last year. Mm-hmm. Um, got all the way down to the ninth pick before you ended up with Miami and, and Carolina as the two teams that, that were at the Senior Bowl. So this year I think it's going to be top teams. I think it's going to be Detroit and Houston. Uh, like I said, would I love for the Giants or the Jets to be there? Of course. Uh, but, yeah, I think, I think that's what we're looking at. Okay. Which I will say, Dan Campbell is a great interview. So if we get a chance to get him on the air, uh, Chris will definitely bring you over, and, and he is – he is fantastic to talk to. He used to do radio here in Dallas, and uh, I love Dan Campbell. He's he's a great guy. Yeah, definitely. And also, also if Deuce is down there. Also, I got to get my interview with Deuce. You know, get back to Philly. What's that? Deuce Daly, you know, their assistant head coach, running backs coach down oh, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he's yeah, down I there, I definitely got to. I got to meet him. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the coolest thing, and and this is the last thing I'll say is I encourage. You know, anybody who's a football nut and especially a draft nut, like going to the Senior Bowl is so cool because you get not only you, – you get just amazing access. Like, I mean, you especially in the media, like I'm, you're sitting in football stands, you know, just like high school stadium stands, mm-hmm. uh, now college because now it's at the South Alabama. Mm-hmm. But you're just sitting in the stands and, you know, we said, I've had John Fox and Ron Rivera come up and sit right down next to me. And, you know, I just listen to their conversation and them talking to shop, you know, and, and – uh, the owner of the Eagles, Jeffrey Lurie, walks by and shakes their hands like, hey, how are you guys doing? Like, it's so cool to be that close and to get down on the field and, um, you know, and to be able to just talk with these guys and interview them. And, and it's it's amazing experience that you don't get anywhere else, in my opinion. Absolutely. Uh, through the process. And, and Jim Nagy's done a great job down there keeping that thing going, and, and through, especially through all this mess. So, uh, like I said, it's going to be a lot of fun. I look forward to uh, seeing you guys down there, and and uh, yeah, like I said, tipping back a few and having a having some fried fish down on the bayou. Oh, absolutely, uh, Jeff, Jeff. As always, it's been a pleasure, and uh, I will see you next month. You will. You'll see me in my Eagles jersey, and uh, like I said, you guys, good luck. <laughs> um, I don't be surprised if the uh, Cowboys come out super mad and and maybe blow you out this weekend, but. Just keep in mind, when they when they win and they get all high and mighty, that's when they blow it, and that's fully what I expect in the first round of the playoffs. So uh, there you go. Absolutely. Jeff, always a pleasure. Take it easy, Jeff. All right. Y'all would be good. All right. 
Once again, you're listening to 98.5 WJY. Well, you had the running back sports show, sports for the culture. You want to call us during the discussion? Might drop that call number. Of course, 215-763-9596. And we're at the top of the hour, the 5 o'clock hour. And without uh-huh. further ado. Oh, hold on. Before we move on to basketball, two things that we, we haven't touched on yet. Yeah. One, how do you feel about Ben Roethlisberger's final home game? I Nobody outside of the city of Pittsburgh cares about Ben Roethlisberger retiring. I think that's fair. <laughs> I think it's fair. It was so obnoxious. It was so annoying watching him get a swan song and this whole thing. I'm just like, bro, nobody now, cares. Now, is that because of his play or because of his past allegations? Yes. Which one? Yes. Both? <laughs> the guy is just a walking refrigerator at this point. <laughs> and not to mention, the guy's just not a good guy. It's like everything that we sit here and we complain about, oh, what a detriment that Terrell Owens was to the game of football, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Odell Beckham's attitude, and, you know, the way that, you know, certain guys just pout after wins. I'm like, bro, like nobody talks about how Ben Roethlisberger conducts himself, mm-hmm. both on and off the field. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like they completely ignore it. And if Ben Roethlisberger – gets to be a first ballot Hall of Famer without any of those things being considered at all, considering the fact that they made T.O. wait three years, and the only thing he did that was abruptly injustice in terms of on the field was literally shine footballs with a Sharpie. That's for that's a joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I feel like um, it was definitely super overhyped. I mean, granted, outside – I mean, inside of Pittsburgh – I mean, you're happy. You got two Super Bowls from him, mm-hmm. you know. So you're 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 ecstatic. So I I get it. Inside Pittsburgh, it's still like a little bit of a touchy subject because of all the allegations and how that's just completely sweeped under the rug and barely even mentioned. And you you know why? We don't need to really go into it. But when Big Ben did play, I mean, before those allegations, he definitely was a great underdog story. Coming from out of Miami, Ohio, essentially out of nowhere, and to go ahead and ball the way that he did for them, pre pre scrape case, like he was cool, like he he was solid. But yeah, I mean you can't you can't overlook that, and I'm gonna say that forever because and you know while they're still talking about what Michael Vick did, I mean my man can't even live. Like I'm I'm just like, if you're gonna still be upset with Michael Vick and we're talking about dogs, y'all rather protect dogs over women. I'm good, yo. It do- and, it, and it doesn't even matter the ethnicity of these women. We're still talking about women, the people who nurture and bring our children in to this earth, the people who are the essentially the backbone of each person's family. And for them to not get the same respect that dogs get is just beyond me. So on that, I'm good off Big Ben on that. Um, and then one more thing, Antonio Brown, what's your thoughts? This man found a new creative way to like leave your job. Oh my god! I'm I'm, I'm actually impressed. <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm like, this. It's one of those things where it's like we'll never know what the full story is. Yeah. It's like, oh uh, well, the reason why I did it was incentive based. I'm like, if that was the case, then if anything, that's Antonio Brown's fault because. He did get suspended for games because he was carrying around a fake vaccination chart, which why he didn't hit his incentives. Plus, you have another game this coming weekend. 
True. So it, he had one more game. Yeah. So like, if anything, like if that was the reason why you did what you way you did, you just left off the field because you your sentence. That's a very poor reason why. Mm-hmm. But if it's because that uh, yo, if he wasn't healthy and like Bruce Harris was like, yo, you either get in there or you're off the team, then like, then I, I but I'm not mad at him. Right. At that. But at the same time, it's like I have no problem with him, like you know, leaving the team. It's just the way that he did it. Yeah, that's not putting that's on the spectacle. I'm like, there's no way that at that point you can kind of spin it, where it's like, okay, m- like other teams are gonna be looking like, yeah, no, we're not gonna touch this with a ten foot pole. I think he's done. I think his NFL career is probably yeah. over. Yeah. The the one team I would say that would sign him, he's already been there. Yeah. <laughs> because of their reputation. So there's only one more team <laughs> that will sign him, and that's Dallas. Yeah. Probably the last team. You know how they take all the, you know, the uh, projects. Yeah. But as far as that, I mean, I look at it like this. The memes, they were funny. The memes were funny. That's it. I've been concerned about Antonio Brown's health ever since the debacle in Las Vegas. Um, well, for the Raiders. I've, I've been very concerned. I believe CTE is very real. Um, for all we know, this man could possibly be walking around with CTE and people are making jokes out of it. So, like, to me, it's not really funny anymore. It's not funny at all. So, I mean, I, I pray I pray that he gets the help and the attention that he needs. Um, but, nah, it's, it's not funny because I think, I think it's way more behind it. So I'm definitely um, siding with Tom Brady on this one as far as, like, hey, like, this man – he may be having some things that he's working on behind closed doors, and at the end of the day, don't forget that he is human. One thing I will say is, how did he get in the Barclays Center before Kyrie, though? That's one thing I will say. I thought you had to be vaccinated to get in there. <laughs> so I'm I'm confused. That's oh, all I'm going to say. Yeah. With that little half mask he had on. They don't even cover his nose. What are we really doing? No, my man, but he is a legend, though. Like, he, he left the field. Called an Uber home. Mm-hmm. Did you see the videos with him in the Uber? Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> yeah, and then like he dropped the single. Like, like I was. Did you hear the single? I, I didn't hear. It. Was it bars? Was it heat? No, I didn't. What? I didn't see it. I'm just like, yeah. I I, I don't. I don't. I'm not trying to hear Antonio Brown rap. Wait, you think he dropped the single from the Uber? He had to drop it from the Uber. I don't know. Either either he dropped it. Like either he picked something up like last minute or like he already had this in a tuck. Right, but if he already had this in the talk, I'm like, okay, this is a little premeditated. You think like, it's a diss song? Probably, yeah. I gotta hear it. We gotta play some of the end. Yeah. But while we get up out of here, we gotta we gotta get like at least a, a thirty second clip of that. See if it's a diss song. For all we know, he might have been coming at Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. You know, because what was it called? What's the song called? Something something pit. Yeah. No man pit or something like yeah. that. So I don't know. He might be coming at Big Ben all this time, and we ain't even realize. You know, he probably giving you know the. Uh, the East Coast ain't got love for Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. Like, he might be coming off like that. He might be giving straight bars. He might be giving 12 Minutes of Fury in that joint. Pit not the palace. Pit not the palace. Okay, see. I don't know. that. I, see, I already see so many double entendres with that. You know what I mean? I already, I already see so many with that. He might be one of the greatest lyricists in NFL history. <laughs> like, you know, I already see something. He might, he might pass prime time with the record sales and everything. But nah, like on a serious note, I definitely, I just, I just pray for his mental health, man. I just, yeah, mental yeah. health is just no joke, like, and and we do not know what that man is going through like, behind closed doors, especially in the black community, man. Especially, want, yeah, bro. Like, if you need to get help, bro, get help. Yep. Yeah. 
for sure. But real, but real quick, you know, it's a new year, 2022. Mm-hmm. So looking back at the at 2021, what are some takes that you said that you felt that was you know right at the time that you felt like you know what I'm I'm on, I'm dead on, but it eventually got proven wrong. Um, I'm trying to th- I can't even think of one off the top of my head where I got completely proven wrong. Um, jeez, I know I said. I have no clue, bro. I have not. I have. Not, I have none off the top of my head. I'm sure you may have something outlandish that I said. But what? What do you have? All right. Well, obviously, NFL. Me and NFL special. It's always the Browns for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. It's. it's <laughs> I, I was wrong about the Browns. Yeah. I was wrong about the Bengals. Uh, I was on that camp. I feel of, like you were down on t- uh, Miami too. Miami, not really. For the Bengals, it was like, okay, I'd rather them draft an offensive line, yeah, go offensive line instead of Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is still great, yeah. but I feel like you had a quarterback coming off of ACL tear, so I feel like going offensive line, sure, if that offensive line yeah. was a much better pick, but, you know, Jamar Chase breaking records. Yeah. Uh, Bengals winning He's the amazing. AFC. He's Bengals amazing. winning the AFC North. Hey, I was proven wrong. Yeah, where'd that come from? Yeah. I don't think anyone – Chose the Bengals. Yeah. Were we thinking Ravens and Browns this year? Yeah. And wow, would you look at that? Jamar Chase is an animal, mm-hmm. absolute animal. I, I honestly, I can't think of anything crazy. I don't know. Maybe saying that Brooklyn would win the NBA Finals last year and no one absolutely had a chance against them at full strength. Yeah. That was probably that's probably it. Or or the Laker Brooklyn versus the Lakers. Yeah. It's the only thing that I can really think of. The only thing about Brooklyn is that they'll never be full strength. No, they won't. Because even if Kyrie comes back, it's like you can't play in Barclays Center. But Antonio Brown can get in there. I don't, I don't know what's happening. I, I don't understand that at all. So it's like, let's just say Brooklyn doesn't have the number one seed. Yeah. Kyrie can only play three games. Yeah. So like, even when you have home court advantage, you, you're, you're still at a disadvantage. Advantage. Yeah, that is kind of wild. So weird, but I mean, look. What are you going to do? I mean, we've been going through this pandemic for almost two years now. I mean, at this point, I feel like we shouldn't still be repeating some of the same stuff. Like, we shouldn't still be telling people to wash your hands. If, you don't, if you're a grown adult and you don't know how to wash your hands, go back to freaking preschool, okay? I'm tired of seeing grown adults have their mask on and it's under their nose. Just put the mask on. Like, just grow up. Like, it's not that deep. Like, the reason we're still in this pandemic is because everybody want to be Dr. Fauci and the CDC. Like, just do just do what you're supposed to do so we can be done. Oh, I'm an anti-vaxxer. They're putting the microchip in me. The microchip is that cell phone in your hand. That's the microchip. They don't need to put it in your body because you won't be within 10 feet away from it, ever. When's the last time you left your cell phone at, the, at your house? I, can, I, can, I don't know. And if you did, you knew within 30 seconds and you turned right back around. This is not the days where you're like, oh, let me just go. No. You're you're essentially out of the loop if you don't have your cell phone. So them injecting the microchip in us, we have one in our pockets every single day. So people just 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 do what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. It's really not that deep. If you don't believe in a vaccine, fine. Don't get a vaccine. Don't get the vaccine. Wear a freaking mask to protect others. You know what I mean? If you do get vaccinated, all right, cool. That's on you. Like that that helps you. But like, come on, yo. We got too much division in this country to be continue to be divided by this little dumb vaccine we got politics we got racism we got the poor we got the middle class vaccinated non-vaccinated like come on and then within our community dark skin light skin field brother house brother like come on yo there's just so much division let's just be people 
That's my random rant. <laughs> I guess we can talk basketball now. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. So, Sixers are on a four-game win streak. Yeah. Yeah. The latest victim was the Houston Rockets. Saw that coming. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, you know, but real quick about the Houston Rockets. So what do you make of this Kevin Porter situation? Um, it's interesting because I, I like him as a hooper, but this is another situation where it's like Houston—they're essentially gambling with the team that they have, and the part of the reason why John Wall isn't playing is to give these guys opportunities. You know, you're not doing nothing with John Wall, but my thing is like, if you know you're not doing nothing with John Wall. Why is Eric Gordon playing? Like, he should have been traded, in my opinion. Like, he's taken away from opportunities from their young guys as well. Um, but as far as Kevin Porter and, and Christian Wood, I don't know what's up with them. I just feel it's another situation where these young kids are just being misguided. Like, I, I always blame their old heads. Like, I never really blame the individual. You know, the individual didn't raise themselves. Someone played a major influence, or lack thereof, influence on to how these people handle themselves in public and it definitely we've seen it with ben simmons i mean oh my 10 million dollars and you still not playing basketball beyond me but um yeah i i I can't really talk too much about this houston situation i'm just always going to blame their old heads when people aren't acting right like my old heads taught me how to act right your old heads taught you how to act right right yeah let mr frost find out you out here messing up like what come on now so yeah it was fear, but it was a healthy fear. <laughs> right. I mean, but you know, you know, you know right from wrong. Yeah. We all know right from wrong. We all touched that stove one time, and mm-hmm. we ain't touch it again. Yeah. But the Sixers, you know, won last night. Joel Embiid got a triple double. Yep. Triple double alert. Yep. Furkan Tormods had his first double double of his career 24 points, 10 he, re- he was on the boards. Yeah. My gosh, he was skying. And the latest Philadelphia 76er to now have beef with the fans, Tobias Harris. See, I'm see, I'm very disappointed in Tobias. And the reason I'm disappointed in Tobias is because you've been here long enough to understand why the fans aren't are booing you. They're not booing you because just to boo you. You know you're playing like booty butt cheeks. You know you're playing like booty butt cheeks. And every time you go out there forcing yourself within this Sixers offense, it just doesn't look good. I'm tired of seeing three for 14 performances from Tobias Harris. I wish he played more within the offense. He don't even have a bag. Like, at this point, I would I would not be opposed to seeing Niang get Howard's attempts. I mean, Harris's attempts. Like, if you give George Niang 17 attempts, hey, the minivan really might give you, like, he might give you almost the same. Yeah. If not more, and he's gritty, he's super gritty. Tobias, I'm just so I'm just so confused on Tobias right now. That was just, it was frustrating because you see his Instagram posts when we lose Game Seven. Love Philly, love the fans. We got to come back better. We got to do this. We got to do that. You know that. You understand the expectations. And as we've talked about in the past, like we've all been at jobs where you have performance reviews. And things happen based off your performance review. The only thing that's different is you play in front of 16,000 people. And, hey, those 16,000 people, believe it or not, are your your bosses. They don't sign your checks necessarily, but those butts in the seats are the reason you get paid. And that is on-the-spot 
job review. And Joel Embiid, he went through this a couple years ago. We were tired of Joel Embiid's antics and blah, blah, blah. We booed him out the building. And what did he do? He responded to the criticism. I, I just don't get it. Like, these fans, like I mean, these players, we are not against y'all at all. But we're going to let you know when you're not playing well. And you're not an idiot. You see the box score every time you sit up there on that podium for, uh, for a post-game speech. And you see the box score and you know that you're shooting currently for the, I mean, for the month of December, 42% from the field. You're shooting 26% from three in the month of December, averaging 16.8 points per game in December. Like, come on, bro, you're struggling. We know that. Yeah, we, and then he gonna say, "Don't clap." What do you, that's so counterproductive. We're giving you <laughs> the energy that you want. So you gave it. You made a bucket. We gave you the energy you want. You missed a bucket. You almost walk. You're committing turnovers. We're gonna boo you. Like you're not at that moment when you're missing buckets, committing turnovers. We're gonna boo you. But when you get a bucket, like. We're gonna cheer. Like I don't like I just I just don't get the confusion with these guys. It's 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 crazy. And then they just put so much emphasis on the fans like we're the problem. Like, nah, bro. Hoop. Hoop. Stop being a weirdo. Work on your bag. You know, ask your coach, like, yo, can you put me in better positions to score? Joel was literally facilitating the offense so Tobias could get going. And he just forces shot after shot after shot. He literally doesn't he doesn't take good shots at all they're all terrible shots he takes superstar shots and he's not a superstar I get it he gets paid like a superstar but those are just horrible shots like they're bad bad shots like Joel don't even take shots that bad Joel's shots are all calculated and Joel's bag is just incredibly deep Tobias is dribble 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 fade dribble dribble, dribble right dribble dribble right dribble 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 fade like I'm telling you, I I did I he he's the person that misses Ben the most. Like if I'm if I'm Tobias, I'm like Ben, please, like can we figure this out? I need you, because he can't really get a bucket on his own. It, I mean, am I am I seeing something wrong? No. He he can't get a bucket on his own because he doesn't take good shots. I feel like he don't need like where's Tobias like real spot on the floor. Like like where where's his real spot? I don't know. His his struggles are bad. So for him to be coming at the fans, nah, bro, you know you struggling. You see the box score every night. He's not even the same guy from last year. So I don't know, like, if COVID has really affected him or of that nature, but he's literally not the same, t- like, Tobias Harris at all. And it's also like this. Like, he was such a great vocal leader in the locker room for the past couple years. Well, where we're at now... Joel, he's he's turned the corner. Joel, the game has completely slowed down. Joel is 100% a superstar now at this moment. And you see it on the floor. You see it with his leadership. I mean, come on. He he tells Tyrese Maxey that he played trash. What does Tyrese Maxey come back and do? 5-3 against Brooklyn. Responds to criticism. He didn't go tuck his tail in and run for three months, costing himself $10 million. You know, he didn't he didn't go do that. You know, he worked on his game. He came out here and he did what he's supposed to do. And I'm tired of, like, being, like, a Philly town. Like, no, it's like a human thing. Like, no one's going to accept mediocre, mediocrity. No one's going to accept that. Where are the people going to accept you just being mediocre? It's a human thing. It's not a Philly thing. 
Like, if you're not giving your all or playing up to your best or performing up to your best, that's on you, and you're going to hear about it. So that's how I feel about the whole Tobias Harris going back and forth with the fans thing. What's your take on it? No, just play better. That's it. Philly is not that hard of a town to play. Yeah. If But the difference is now is that you're not just a role player where it's like, okay, because you're a role player, like your contract eventually, your contract does matter. Yes. Because here's the thing. With guys like Tyrese Maxey, guys like First on Twitter, Miles, Isaiah Joe, those guys. Okay, effort, at, eff, as long as you're giving out effort because you're not as talented as, you know, the other up, the upper tier echelon of the league. So you have to put in more effort to counteract that. Meanwhile, it's like Tobias Harris. I'm like, okay, just doing effort is not good enough, bro. You're missing, like, consistently, uh, like, layup drills. Like, like you're you're putting yourself in a position, uh, forcing tough shots. I'm like, okay, eventually, yeah, fans are going to let you hear about it. I'm like, you're shooting, like, the last 10 games, you're shooting around 38% from the field. And I'm, that's not three-point percentage, like, 38% from the floor, period. Eventually, like, for how much you're getting paid, and I'm sorry, I hate to, like, put, like, a dollar amount to it, you gotta be, you have to be better. Without Ben Simmons, you're now de facto the second best player in the team team and you're the highest paid player on the team. So you have to you have to raise your game for how much you're getting paid. Yeah, I agree. He he has to. And then it's just literally the fact that his game and his numbers are down. I I haven't seen anything different from Tobias Harris at all. Mm-hmm. It's just it's truly it's truly frustrating. Because it's like, I just feel like when I'm watching these games, because I don't, with all this COVID, this Ben Simmons, I don't know what's happening with our team for real, for real. But I truly, at this point, I watch for Joel because I feel like he's doing everything. And I watch for Tyrese Maxey because I enjoy his growth. At this point, I don't, I don't really, I don't know what I'm getting from other guys. I just, like, what, what, what can they do to help? Tobias become more effective in the offense because it's bad. His shot selections are horrible. Does he need to run more pick and roll as the primary? I think he does. He needs to run a little bit more pick and roll, or maybe he needs to play more with the second unit or something. I I don't know. I don't know. One thing is that even with the – because we're seeing it with Dan Bird the last two games, like during the second quarter, like he runs out there with the second unit with like Milton and Drummond, but it's like – you're kind of ruining a thing that Shake Milton and Andre Drummond got with the pick and roll there. I agree. I agree. That's it's tough. Listen, listen. Honestly, as much as I hate to see, listen, Tobias Harris, good guy. I really appreciate you, but Daryl Morley really has to consider get like trading him. If like find like whatever type of trade partner you could possibly find for him. Yeah. Because at this point, the Tobias Harris experiment, it's not working. It's not working. And he's he's not he's not a second. He's not a guy like a Chris Middleton where it's like, okay, this guy could be our second leading scorer in a championship team. Yeah. At this point, I'm not even cons- I'm, I don't even consider him a third guy. It's tough, man. Like at this point, you're paying for a 180 million dollar uh, volume shooting six man. Yeah, and then the crazy part about it is going into this season, there's no way like that I would want the ball more in Maxi's hands and Seth Curry's hands before Tobias. Like, it's something that I never thought. I always thought, like, okay, with Ben gone, Tobias is going to have the ultimate green light like he does have. But, man, like, his inconsistency is bad. But I I just truly blame it on his shot selection. I don't think he's a bad player. 
his shots his shot selection is trash and i don't i i feel like for him to improve a little bit more i kind of want to see him like with more pick and roll though his post he don't have no post moves he 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 I mean, like his little fade away i mean all right here and there but it's it's predictable it's always contested so I, at this point i kind of want to see him more in like somebody set him a screen and him come off the dribble and pull up I feel like that's the best thing for him. And then he can decide, like, okay, based on if they switch or if he gets a big on him to attack. I, I just – I don't know, man. But him on an island, it's just not – it's not working at all. So it, it's 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 frustrating, man. It's really frustrating. So. Yeah, but silver lining. My boy Ferk, he's back on the mark now. Stop it, man. 24 points, 10 <laughs> – oh, first double-double of his career. Hall of Fame – Hall of Fame Ferk. Out here doing his thing. Time for the freaking eater. Ne- still need more Isaiah Joe. I still want more Isaiah Joe. Yeah. Th- forcing Ferk is just still I, crazy. Honestly, like last up until last night, because I was at the game live, I was a little concerned about Isaiah Joe because I'm like, okay, his his shot's not falling. But last night, like especially with now Maxi and Thibel and like uh, protocol, I'm like, okay, he stepped up. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, I'm glad that I'm, I'm glad that you know. He has the ability to, you know, you know, light it up and be a flamethrower down to the three. And I'm just like, I'm waiting for that moment. And I'm like, that moment was last night. Yeah, he was definitely shooting. And shouts out to Joel with his triple double, though, for real. Yeah. For all the people who who want to talk about uh, the Joker's triple doubles and this, that, and third, yeah, nah, it's it's definitely cute. Now that this offense is essentially run through Joel, he has the opportunity to do those same things as well. Um, also, shouts out to Joel. Did we did we mention it yet? Eastern Conference Player of the Month. Mm. Yeah, big shouts out to Joel. Winning uh, Eastern Conference Player of the Month. He uh, averaged twenty nine point two points per game with eleven point two rebounds and almost four assists at three point nine. So he's been playing great. And as I mentioned earlier, I mean, he he's a superstar now, and he's the best two way player in the league. What do you, what's your thoughts on that? Better than Giannis. I keep forgetting about Giannis sometimes. I don't, and it's crazy. I feel like we all be forgetting about Giannis sometimes. That, I, that's debatable. He got he got way more of a bag than Giannis. He even he even do Giannis's moves. He's a chameleon. He does everybody's moves at this point. He's Euro stepping, like Giannis. The way he drives with his aggression. He's breaking you down off the dribble like Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. He's hitting James Harden step backs for three. And he's seven two. He's dominating in the paint on a low block like Shaquille O'Neal. He's putting you in the spin cycle like Hakeem Olajuwon with the up and under dream shake. He's knocking down wide open threes from from well threes from distance like Dirk Nowitzki. As I always have been saying the past month, Joel Embiid is the most skilled big man of all time. That is a hill I am willing to die on. That is a hill that I'm willing to continue to die on until you, until I see something else otherwise. People put so much emphasis on offense, and I'm one. Don't get me, don't get me started. All I do is talk about James Harden's offense. Don't get me, you know what I mean? But when it comes to Joel Embiid being the most skilled big man of all time and then people want to put him up against Joker, Joker don't play no defense. We talking about both sides. We talking about both sides. Joel Embiid literally controls the entire game. So that's where that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at with it. 
what's your uh I do I know we talked a little bit about this off the air. How do, how do you feel like as far as like his his uh his build, you know, as far as like his uh the way he looks out there on the court. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Yeah, so I've been to three Sixer games. Uh one of them he didn't play. I think what that game was against the Blazers, but Last night I uh, had some really good seats, you know. You know, shout out. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to my homie. You know, looking out for me for my birthday. What are you about sec- section one hundred and nine? One twenty one. Okay, look for. Oh, so he was on the opposite side. I look familiar. Yeah. I know yeah, them so angles. Yeah, so like the the second half, like the Sixer bucket. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was in, I was I was right behind that. Okay, who'd you, who'd you go with? A friend. Okay. Yeah, but watching him live, and I'm that like, was quick, but okay. Yeah, watching. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Don't get me in trouble. New Year, new Chris. <laughs> but anyway, no. But just watching him in person, I'm like, he is a lot. He's not flat footed now. Like he's not like lugging around. He looks so nimble. Oh yeah. Like when he does like his euro steps to the dunk, I'm like, it it looks so clean. It looks like like we said, like it looks like fresh. It looks like rookie year Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. And like now because he's been in the league this long, like he's got the power behind it, and like you can tell, like he's got. I'm so glad he's got fresh legs. Oh my! Right. Like, so, f- how does he have fresh legs right now? Like fresh legs, like no wear and tear on him. He's able to move everywhere on the field, crossing people over. He don't even look like he's playing through injury right now. Exactly. This is probably the healthiest I've ever seen him. Yeah. Unless they're doing something different with him, but this man don't need, like you can tell when he's playing with through injury. Mm-hmm. He cool. I don't think I've ever yeah, seen. Even him when this he healthy. falls to the floor, he immediately gets back up. Like there's no like ailing or like aching. I'm like, okay. Yeah, but yeah, like I said, yeah, listen, I've I love watching Joel be alive. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't. There are very few things that I get to enjoy as a basketball fan as watching somebody live. But I'm telling you this right now, I've got the experience to watch Allen Iverson live, and all that joy and excitement and the purity of watching. Allen Iverson live is the same thing how I feel about you watching you all the beat. Me too, man. I'm with it. That's why I'm like, yeah, listen, appreciate him while he's here now. Mm-hmm. Even if it doesn't amount to a championship, there's only so many years that you're going to get this kind of Joel Embiid. Yep. I agree. I agree. I mean, shoot, for all we know, he's doing yoga behind the scenes, and next thing you know, he's just getting super healthy. I don't know. Maybe they might put the animanium in his body so that way like, his knees don't bend or anything. Facts. Because if he gets that, I mean, or or they used to call it that Kobe surgery. Yeah. <laughs> he get the, he get that Kobe surgery. He's he's good money. He's good to go. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I just I just love the play that we've been getting from Joel Embiid. I feel like that's only it's like one of the few highlights we have right now. You know, in the city outside of uh, Philadelphia Eagles making getting their playoff berth, mm-hmm. and then you got Joel Embiid just playing stellar basketball, and it's just all the more reason why we have to get guys around. Joel, I mean, I hate to see this talent just go to waste. And it's just, I don't know, are people really that afraid to play in Philly? Like, it's not like, just play basketball. I, I see guys all the time on other teams that would be great for this city. John Morant, oh my God. He would enjoy this city. I mean, he had a moment last week where a fan was booing him, but like, it happens, bruh. It happens. But that was a dumb boo, because like, the fan was like, Oh yeah, we played better when you were gone. Like that's weird. Like this is this is your franchise guy. Like don't don't do that. Like like that's weird. Like 
That like no one would ever say that to Joel. Yeah, but yeah, as of right now, the Sixers are still number six in the Eastern Conference, mm-hmm. but they're a half game behind the Cavaliers for that number five spot. A game and a half. The who? The Cavaliers. Cleveland. Yes. Oh. It's like no, I know. I'm about to say, bro. Like Kevin Love had like a crazy game the other day. He dropped like 35. Yeah. And like hit like 10 threes or something like that. Well, they got an identity, man. There's some land of the Giants over there. It's Kevin Love. It's Evan Mobley, man. Evan Mobley's a dog, He's man. He's tough. I, I, like, I knew he was going to be good coming out of USC, but like, I didn't know he was going to be moving like this yeah, and playing and, like this. And probably my favorite center outside of Joel Embiid in the league, Jared Allen. You like Jared Allen? I love Jared I Allen. I know you was a fan of him. Listen, he's to me... He's the benchmark of everything that you need for a starting center in, in, ba- in basketball. I agree. Tough pick and, uh, pick and roll partner in terms of just you know setting setting screens and off ball screens. Really good rebounder, good on putbacks, and a rim protector. Right. He checks off every box that you need for an above average center to I agree. win a championship. Yeah, like if you're a regular team, like if you don't have a Joel Embiid or a Joker, yeah. he's perfect. Exactly. Especially for this league, he's perfect. Mm-hmm. He's a he, like as you said, rim protector. He's he's great on the glass. He can run the pick and rolls. He's almost like he's like a taller, more annoying Clint Capella mm-hmm. at this point. Oh, he's better than Clint Capella. I agree. I agree. I agree, and much taller. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, uh, who who's uh who's leading the Eastern Conference? Is it still Brooklyn? No, it's the Bulls. Bulls, the Bulls, yeah, DeMar DeRozan's had a couple of game winners yeah, the past couple weeks. MVP candidate, but the one thing that I saw that was really crazy is that DeMar's getting double teamed now, and yeah. that led to a wide-open Zach Levine three. And I'm like, and, and like one of my friends who I follow on Twitter, uh, we follow each other, he's a Bulls fan, he was like, that's probably the first time I've ever seen Zach Levine get a wide-open look. I'm like, yeah. yeah he don't get wide-open looks. Yeah, and, he's always, and he fades on every shot, too. And now the Bulls are looking good. It's it's so, f- like, wild looking back on it because it, I always tell you, man, like, a lot of our Philly fans are just super delusional. But, like, I remember when free agency was coming up, and it's like, oh, no, don't even look DeMar DeRozan's way. He's old. He's done. That's all you ever hear. He's old. He's this. Like, no, nope. I feel like a lot of Philadelphia fans are not present. Everything is future, 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 I mean, future. I mean, It's like, what, when? There was nothing wrong with DeMar DeRozan. It's just nothing. that. He was just in San Antonio. Yeah, people forgot about him. Yeah. Even when he was in San Antonio, okay, he averaged 23 I'm points like, a game. Ooh, that's I mean, terrible. Yeah. The only thing is that he doesn't shoot threes. And I'm like, that's, that's I'm like, okay. Can, I don't need to. Can, can he I still, mean, he make them when he do. I mean, sure, I'd rather have him than Tobias Harris. Agreed. And and, and, and DeMar DeRozan's mid-range game is money. His mid-range is money. And he's uber-athletic. And I'm sure if he needed to, he'd play defense. That's what that's what people don't understand when it comes to roles in the NBA. Like some people can get away with not having to play defense. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess I kind of can make a case for Ben Simmons, but that's just unnecessary yeah. for his height and his stature of the player that he yeah. is. Meanwhile, uh, a quick look at the Western Conference: Warriors, Suns are the top two teams, followed by the Jazz, Grizzlies, Nuggets, Mavericks, Clippers, and the Lakers are holding on to the eighth spot. Dang, I feel I feel so bad for LeBron right now. I don't think this is ever what he expected coming into this season. I mean, this is what you wanted, so you got what you signed up for. That's true. But for him to have to basically be old school LeBron, which is amazing that he can still play at this high level, is beyond me. In the words of Dr. Strange, be careful what you wish for. I agree. 
Oh, speaking of Doctor Strange, can we talk about that movie for a second? Yeah, sure. Here's uh, just for the record: if you still haven't seen Spider Man and don't want any spoilers, feel free to battle out now. If you still, yeah. if you're complaining about spoilers, you've had about two weeks to watch the movie. We yeah, don't, you've had you've had time. You you've definitely had time. Anyway, spoiler alert: Yo, to me, the effects was great. Love seeing some of the old characters. Love seeing all the Spider Mans together. You know, doing that and whatnot and hugging. Love seeing Dr. Osborne back. Um, love seeing Dr. Octavius. Jamie Foxx was gold in this movie. I don't care what no one says. Jamie Foxx was amazing. Um, I thought the movie was trash, though. It was super trash. I can't believe that. Elaborate. So I thought it was trash and the storytelling aspect. All the special effects were amazing. Amazing. But especially with today's technology, Amazing. The fact that this man, right, I get what he did. This man going to take the cube from Doctor Strange and trap Doctor Strange in one of Doctor Strange's little dimensions and say, I'm going to fix them. The movie would have been over the first 20 minutes if he just hits the button. But he wants to fix everybody. And then you, you been, you don't understand. We know who Green Goblin is. We know who Norman Osborn is. We know you don't trust Norman Osborn. And then what happened? This fool up here kicking it with Norman Osborn, bringing him to Aunt May's. You know what I mean? We vibing. You know what I mean? We just, you know what I mean? He cool. Meanwhile, Norman like, yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, may not be my Peter, but I'm going to kill this Peter. Like, he's st- Norman still, it don't matter. If you're named Peter Parker, you dead. He don't care if you, what you look like. If you Peter Parker and you Spider-Man, you dead. And he going to trust Norman. And then that's it. Like, I mean, like, but the whole cube thing and trying to fix them, oh, God. It was just terrible. I feel like they should have did something else. I mean, watching, you know, Spider-Man, Spectacular Spider-Man, all that, reading up on comics, that's kind of on brand for Peter Parker trying to help people. I know. Yeah, but it's like, that's... I'm like, yo, if you don't like it, that's fine. That's your opinion. But it's like, that's kind of on brand for what Peter wants to do. Like, that was just too much. Yeah. And I get it. Okay. Like, you want to fix things, you know, pe- people knowing who you are and also losing Mr. Stark and, you know, fix things with Happy and Aunt May. Like, I get it. But we're talking about super villains who coming for your neck, son. Coming that's, for your neck. But that's the thing. Man. He didn't know what, what Norman Osborn was capable oh, of. Oh, I know. Yeah, he didn't know anything about Doc Ock. He didn't know about Electro. Mm, I know. So, th- and you also got to remember, like... Actually, got, none of his villains were there. No. Yeah, like Mysterio was gone. Yeah, Mysterio died, yeah. Who was his other villain? Uh, Vulture. Yeah, Vulture's Yeah, gone. Vulture's in prison. Yeah. Yeah, so he doesn't know any of these guys. He doesn't know any of these people. He's like a like 17, 18-year-old high schooler who's about to graduate. True. So, like, you got to think, like, you know, back during the... You, you got to think, like, back during the day when he was in that age, we think, like... Yeah, I'm gonna do this, that. I'm gonna change the world. I'm gonna do that. Right. But you got to think like, and not to mention, considering you got to think like he saved half the universe. Uh, considering everything that he did, I was like, okay, I have the power to do all of this. I have yeah. the power to you know try to alter their fate and try to fix them to make sure that they get a second chance on life. Kind of what I'm trying to do for you know for His like friends. yeah exactly. So for me, that kind of feels like on brand for like what they were trying to do. But yeah, but, I agree. Yeah, but the one thing that, yeah, I love the movie. I feel like it's one of those few movies where it's like, okay, this is pure fan service, but we're doing it right. Mm-hmm. 
And I think the biggest thing that it did is that it shined a light, it shined a really good light of how good Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man was. Yeah. Because, like, here's the thing, like, Toby is, you know, the nostalgic guy. Like, we, we know, like, how good, like, uh, you know, like, Toby McGuire was, Tom House was recent, but the forgotten one was Andrew Garfield. So mm-hmm. his snarkiness, his, his interactions that he's had with the other Spider-Man, the big moment where he saved MJ, you know, redeeming himself for, you know, what happened with Gwen. I'm just yeah. like, yeah. So I'm like, I'm proud of you. And I like, like that moment, too. Because from the um, previews, you don't know which Spider-Man's saving her. Yeah. I didn't. I thought it might have been Tom Holland's, yeah. but I mean, when he went after and got her, it was like a redemption mm-hmm. for him because that's essentially how he lost Gwen in his movie. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and now you got people, you know, advocating like, "Yo, we want an Amazing Spider-Man 3. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Hey, I mean, if the fans want it, I mean, because isn't Tom Holland saying he's done? Well, he wants to be done, right? I he mean, wants to like have a family and all, start a family and all that. I get it. I mean, he do got Zendaya. She's a cutie, yeah. but. Nah, I, don't, I mean it was it was I mean look it wasn't as hyped as I thought it was going to be. Like what were you expecting? I was expecting like the hype that it is now. Like I mean like how, what people were talking about. Like I want I wanted to feel how you felt, but I just I just I just thought the story was stupid in the sense where it's like it could have been over within the first twenty minutes if they just pressed the button. I mean. And I mean, Infinity War and Endgame could have been over if Doctor Strange would have been destroyed the time stone. That's true. And then if uh, what's his name didn't start punching Thanos in the face when yeah. the girl had him uh, hypnotized. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, just just dumb stuff. Yeah, and Cobra Kai probably wouldn't exist if they all went to therapy. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. But I love, like I said, love the special effects. It was good to see. Um, Definitely the banner between the three Peter Parkers where mm-hmm. I think somebody called him and it's like, Peter. Like, yeah. oh, yeah. They all look and they're like, no, 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 Peter Parker. No, no, no. Like, no, like our Peter. <laughs> like this time, Peter. Yeah. yeah no, I do think like one of the funniest things was like, it was Garfield talking to uh, Toby Spider-Man. He was like, he's like, so uh, are, are, he's like, do you have your costume or are you just going around saving people looking like a youth, youth pastor? pastor? Yeah. yeah I, was, <laughs> I cracked up. I cracked up. I was wondering to him, like, yeah, where's the, uh, where's the costume, buddy? He's like, got, got it right here. He's like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't just wear it all the time to advertise. <laughs> right, exactly. It's like, it's like, it's supposed to be a secret, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'd like also like how, um, for like, for example, like this, for Carm, that would have answered a lot of her questions, because it's like, okay, so Peter has his Mary Jane, um, I'm sorry, Andrew Garfield has his uh, Mary or whatever. Anywho, yeah, Gwen Stacy. And then Tom Holland has his what was her Michelle Watt yeah, Michelle Mich- Williams Michelle Jones Michelle Jones right so like uh, that's the first time we found out that's what MJ stood for because yeah. all this time he was just calling her MJ I just got the only thing I want now is a deleted scene where it's like the Spider Man scene where like Toby was dancing yeah I just wanted to delete a scene where all three of them were doing it that'd be funny I um I was hyped though to see that Michael Morbius is getting a movie yeah. And then the end, though, did you say for the end? Yeah. You got to say, it's Marvel. Yeah. How you feel about um, Ven- uh, Venom flashing to another time yeah. and a piece of the symbiote staying in the time that it's in? Mm. So it, it leaves something open for someone else to be Venom. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Definitely. And then, but what, but who's he, but which time was he in? That's what we need to know. Yeah. We don't know which time that current Venom was in. We yeah. know, we know it wasn't, um, Toby Maguire's because he already mentioned Venom. Yeah. 
and guys that he took out. So for all we know, that could leave something open for where, you know, maybe that Venom got flashed into Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. Or maybe a piece of the symbiote stayed in Tom Holland's yeah. in uh, reality. So I don't know. It's interesting. But it, it was pretty, it was pretty, From if I was to grade it, I'd say, despite the disappointment, I'll give it like a, I'll give it a 7 out of 10. But it's definitely not 10 out of 10. Definitely not a top 10 box office smash hit like it is it now. Made, it made a billion. I know, and number one Sony movie of all time at this moment. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. Numbers sure don't. The Everybody getting paid. Exactly. Yeah. But then again, once again, you listen to 98.5 WJY. Yeah, running back sports show, sports for the culture. If you want to call to join the discussion, Mark, drop that call number. Of course, 215-763-9596. All right, we got about 15 minutes left. So here's an, here's an issue I want to talk uh, I, I want to talk about yeah. on air. And it's something that, you know, I've – that's kind of progressed over the weekend, and it's still being talked about today. It's um, Big Swole, um, who is a former AEW women's wrestler, married to Cedric <laughs> Alexander. I didn't know she was married to Cedric Alexander. 98.5 WJYM, running back sports. Yo, Chris. What's going on, Warren? Yo, yo. You know, I didn't want to be too long. I know you guys are kind of pressed for time. I just wanted to go by... I start by saying congratulations to you guys. Appreciate you. Appreciate it. You know, you guys. Hey, who knows? You know, you guys beat the Cowboys and Cowboys stumble. You guys might play the Cowboys in the playoffs. That'd be great if y'all eliminated them. But, uh. We gonna see. It's not. Yeah, we'll see. Also, Mark. No Way Home was incredible. All right. (laughs) Third best. Third best Marvel film I've ever seen. Um, Said the third one. Yeah, it's behind Infinity War and Black Panther for me. I agree. So, I agree. You know, it, it was it was top tier out here. You know, Tom Holland, the goat. You know, just did his goat things. Um, William Dafoe taught that man. Oh, you thought you was getting beat in your prior movies? No, this is a real beating. He did <laughs> like, get tore up he, though. He really spied us for that man. No, that man, that man was a murderer. He beat the sense out of out of Toby. I mean, at Tom Holland, it was crazy. He did. I thought he was going to kill. Uh, now I will say the. Now I will say like I I, I had a little. I, I do wish he. I do wish uh you know he told them you know his friends and his girlfriend like hey I am Peter Parker. And he chose to, no, I'm going to be, I mean, it's good for him to be alone in terms of character arc, especially if you're going to make a a symbiote for the fourth one. I guess you got to have him have like a dark character arc now. Okay. So maybe it, it was that universe that the symbiote stayed in. Okay. No, it, it stayed in the MCU. Because he was, um, because he got, because he, because at the end of Venom 2, he went to the MCU and he was in basically in Hawaii. Because he was in the same timeline as Song chi was, but because, you know, he was laying low, he, no one knew that Venom was running wild. Mm. But, but yeah, I'm, like, excited for this new phase. I hope that they get this multiverse stuff correct. Um, if they don't, we're going to lose a lot of fans. Mm-hmm. I think they'll be fine. Also, what do you guys think of The Matrix? 
I didn't check that one out yet, but I, I heard bad reviews. I haven't seen it either. I haven't heard any good reviews. Oh, uh, I I would recommend just watch HBO Max. Don't go to a theater to see it. It was a solid five out of ten for me. Sheesh. I was not a fan whatsoever with that film. I don't even remember fans even asking for another Matrix. Did anyone do that? I feel like people wanted more of another John Wick when it comes to Keanu Reeves. Uh, and that's kind of what I was saying with my uh, friend. I was like, everyone loves Keanu Reeves now, so of course they're going to green like this Matrix, you know, uh, reboot basically. Because that's kind of what it felt like. It felt like a soft reboot. It was really meta in its references. There's a lot of things that were like a little off. It just it frustrated me for two and a half hours. But that is hey. that long. Oh God. Yeah, it's by far the longest one. It almost it almost cracked three hours for real. Oh God! Oh man! Yeah. No, it's definitely not definitely sure how I feel about one. sitting through that. So, how do you guys feel about the big E loss? Um, I'm I'm okay with it. I don't think. I mean, I I love when he won. I didn't like the. I don't. I just like the old school, unpredictable. When it comes to cashing in the money in the bank, it's like when you announce that you're cashing in, you know he's going to win. So it kind of took the excitement away from me. His run, I mean, it was. I feel like his run was better outside of the WWE than actually inside of the WWE. Um, oh, without question. Yeah, but uh, but as far as like in ring and putting on great matches, like it was uh, it was all right. I mean, it's cool. I think um, this is probably the first time in my life where I have no clue what's really going to happen in WWE. Like, you usually can see the writing on the wall, what's going to happen. But this is the, probably the first time since, like, a long time where you have two definitive dominant champions and you just don't really know. Like, you would always know, like, okay, whoever wins the Royal Rumble, they're going to face the Universal Champion. Like, you just know that. It's a no-brainer. But whoever wins the Royal Rumble, you have no clue who they're going to go after. Like, you just don't know. And then now with Bobby Lashley winning the Fatal 4-Way last night and facing Brock at the Royal Rumble, I have no clue who's going to win the Royal Rumble. I have no idea. This is the first time I just literally don't know. My only thing with the big E feud, I mean, well, the title loss is I didn't like that he took the pin. Mm. You had you had Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens right there. I mean, really Kevin Owens right there because Seth Rollins was supposed to initially get the one-on-one match against Big E. And then Kevin Owens came into the picture, and then Bobby Lashley came into the picture, and then Roman caught COVID, and Brock was just happens to win. Like, I don't care more so. I'm just kind of over the fact that Brock Lesnar kind of beats black wrestlers with East when it comes to title belt. Kofi mm. in like eight seconds, he just F5'd Roman Reigns. Just, I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm sorry, F5'd uh, Big E, one, two, three. I remember Ricochet had a title shot. He squashed oh, him in yeah. like 32 seconds. Like, I. You could find something else to do with Brock Lesnar. I mean, you could have had him beat somebody else. I mean, him and Bobby will slap for sure. They definitely had that meat slapping. It's a disservice to Big E, especially, like, and it's kind of like poor semantics now, you know, given the whole Big Swole situation and how, like, that turned into, like, a a crap show on social media and people really showed their colors and their, and their selves and how they've acted and behaved about that, so... It was just kind of a rough weekend as a black wrestler, wrestling fan, to say the least. Mm. Would it bring you any justice if 
Bobby and Brock put on a five-star match, and Bobby beats Brock clean. I know there's no chance in hell that's Oh, happening. that's never so, happening. That's never <laughs> happening. <laughs> Unless like, this is uh, SmackDown vs. Raw 2011. It's tempting. Like, I, 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 a hot take, I think Big E wins the Royal Rumble and probably goes out the Roman for WrestleMania if you're trying to keep Big E hot still. Mm. But other than that, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I mean, Aren't Rock they writing the Drew off of TV or something from what I heard? Yeah, because he has uh, neck injury. Is it real life neck injury? Oh wow! Who Drew? Yeah, yeah. Drew uh, has to actually get some. Uh, he has to go uh, see a specialist because he's having. He actually has some like legit neck and back problems. Oh, geez. so if Drew's not like going to be around, like depending on how he how long he's out, they're probably going to run with the whole. They probably have. They could probably run Bianca and uh, Becky at Mania. They could probably run uh, Biggie and uh, Roman at Mania. Oh, yeah, because the New Day are still on SmackDown. Yeah. It's too late to do the AJ Styles, like, face turn that you're trying to do now, now that you split him from almost. So, yeah, I mean, the WrestleMania cards could look pretty lackluster. Because, it's, it's, I mean, it's nothing to look forward to. You don't, 2.0 is developmentally. There's no one you could really build up. I like people, like Carmelo, Carmelo Hayes. I like him. I like Bond Breaker, but... Other than those two, I don't really care about NXT like that. Right. Champa Stale, Pete Dunne should have probably been on the Pete Dunne should have been out the company a long time ago. Mm. And then Charlotte Flair has no one to face now that Tony Storm's gone. Well, I get what <laughs> that, Sasha again. You know. Sasha, yeah. We've seen that. Yeah, I mean, Sasha finally gets her I mean, WrestleMania win. Why? She can just be with Tony Khan and her boyfriend in Florida. It doesn't matter. She's the champion. She she's she's literally her daddy's child. Like that's that's why it's hilarious. Like people like she's like come on now. She's the world champion. She she's she's there half the time. She's always in she's always out of town or out of the country with her with her lover. Like she just does what she wants. And what they gonna say to her? We're gonna take your title. Okay, I'll just win in two weeks. Let's not act like she's like she's not amazing in the ring. Like like no woman like can actually touch her besides Bianca Belair. What in the ring? Yeah. I don't even think she's the. I don't even think she's. I think she's like the third or fourth best horsewoman. If we're being honest, you're in crazy. In ring ability, you're crazy. I think Bailey. I think Bailey and, and Sasha are better workers than her. No, nope. she's. I think Oscar's a better worker than her. I think Io Shirai's a better worker than her. I think Shayna Baszler's a better worker than her. I think Rhea Ripley's a better now, worker than her. When you say like, worker, are you are you talking about putting on solid matches without a bunch of uh, botches? Like what? Where are you? When I th- when I talk about work rate, I talk about how well you can move bell to bell, and I think those people are. When they don't get me wrong. When Charlotte Flair is on money, Charlotte Flair is fantastic. I, I there's quite a few matches like her versus Oscar Mania, that triple threat Mania. Like when Char- when she's got her working boots on, she's fantastic. But when Charlotte misses, boy, she misses. I don't, I don't know when Charlotte misses. When does Charlotte miss? I'm sorry. I didn't like that Tony Storm Charlotte match. Doesn't, Charlotte doesn't always have the uh, chemistry depending on the opponent. Charlotte's not. Charlotte is one of those people I don't trust her to carry another person to a great match. She has to have a good dance partner for her to have great matches. And that's no slight on her, but it's just she just happens to be in the same class as better wrestlers, and that's okay. Like Sasha, like Sasha will always be her best dance partner. 
like that's the like Sasha is probably everyone's best dance partner of the four horse woman if we're being honest. Yeah, Sasha Baylor, forever forever opponent. Uh, they probably have the best match of like I've ever seen. Uh, that uh NXT Brooklyn match that back when she won the title, probably the best women's match I've ever seen. I agree with that. Yeah, but no, I mean Charlotte. But Charlotte, she ain't never had. They 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 bought Charlotte Flair like four years ago. So it's like I don't really care for what she is. I know she's gonna go out there if she if she cares, she's going to have a good match because Charlotte Flair is at the point where she doesn't care in the ring because she doesn't have to. No one's holding her accountable. Like they're not holding her accountable for anything. So if she just goes out there. I'm gonna give my three star effort with my title and go off with my boo in like Costa Rica. Like, she's got it made. She's like her dad. She's coasting right now. And so she's asked to be great. All right. All right, Warren. Uh, good talk. Uh, we got to we, we gotta wrap this up. So uh, we appreciate the call. Always, man. Peace. Happy New Year, Peace, bro. Man. Yeah, real quick. Um, so long story short, Swole said that her time during AEW was really good. It's like a family environment. But there are two things that she, the two big things that she really highlighted was that there really wasn't like any like nobody really going through stories. It's pretty much like you have to figure out what you want to do and like what you want to say when you get out there. And number two, it's the lack of diversity. Yeah. It says, it says, and I quote, outside of lack of structure, their biggest issue, which is diversity. I do not beat around the bush when it comes to diversity in my people. There is no reputation. Truly there is when it comes across the black community as genuine. At all. I don't know why anybody's afraid to accept or see it, but it's not a good look. Whatever happens is you have a wonderful company that treats people like family, but there's nobody that looks like me is represented on the top and in the room with them. There's not necessarily influence decisions, but to a certain slang, it shouldn't be said, there would be no one else who can explain our culture except for us. That's that's pretty valid. Yeah. And it, it shows. I mean, it, it shows all the time. It's been showing for a long time. I mean... If it if it wasn't for the new day begging to change, yeah. it would have never taken off because they were supposed to be three preachers. Yeah, like it it shows. Or like a botched, you know, um, nation of domination, which I really don't understand why people think that. Oh, hey, we'll just get these group of black people. And we'll just make them heal, link them to new nation of domination. Yeah, like, I don't get that. That's because they don't have enough black people in the room. Yeah. Like it, like it just doesn't work. And and you, you can tell. You can definitely. You can always tell. You know, I mean, you got to you got to have some people in the room who look like people. Yeah. And the biggest thing that bothered me was that Tony Khan's response to it. He said the top two AEW execs are Brown, me and Mega. Jay Bowden's caster, Dante, Nyla, Isaiah and Mark have all won TV matches this month. The TBS title tournament has been very diverse. I let Swole's contract expire as I felt her wrestling wasn't good enough. Mm. Then he then he promoted Rampage. I'm like, bro, that is corny. Yeah. That's kind of that. Yeah, that kind of made me look at him like a different way before because it's just like, all right, when Vince McMahon lets go of people, we just talk about it. But he don't come out and say. In most cases, we understand why. We don't need you as a boss to justify your reasonings for letting people go. We have eyes. But, I mean, you want to talk about her wrestling ability wasn't that great when when uh, that Rampage match had just happened. You freaking got women freaking Watching matches like crazy. I mean, the bunny took a crazy shot to the face. She was leaking all over. The table didn't even break. Yeah. Like, I mean, come on. Like, it, it, it's always botchamania when it comes to the women's division over there. <laughs> if yeah. it's not, if it's not, um, Britt Baker 
And man, I forgot her, what's her name? Nia Rose. Yeah. It's a little bit not fair. But other than that, like, who else is really putting on matches over there? Yeah, and honestly, like, if anything is like, Big Swole had a lot to do with how much Britt Baker took off. Mm-hmm. Because before her feud with, you know, that match she had with Thunder Rosa, you know, at No Holds Bar where she was leaking. Yeah. Big Swole was carrying that feud while Britt Baker was in a wheelchair. Yeah. Like, and it's like, funny thing is that like, he's saying now he's Jimmy Rosano because he's not good enough. But meanwhile, a few months ago, like, or like before, like, she was released, she talked about how good of a wrestler she is. Right. Yeah. But gonna do, and anyway, man, like, this is. Ultimate. Representation matters. Yeah, representation matters. And honestly, that's kind of the reason why I can never really get into impact. I'm like, I'm at a point where it's like representation matters. And it's like, if there aren't people there that look like me for me to get into this, I'm really not going to stick around. I agree. Because at that point, it's like, I'm really only watching for Brian Danielson. And if he's not really on there, I really don't care about the product. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I, I agree for the for the most part. I mean... It it is kind of difficult to watch. It's it's difficult to watch a lot of things yeah. when representation, especially us, isn't there. Yeah. And then when it's not represented right, it's like ugh. Yeah. Once again, Chris Thomas, Mark Thompson. And you've listened to the Running Back Sports Show. Be sure to tune in every Tuesday from four to six p.m. every Tuesday at our new time slot. Until next time, take it easy. Happy New Year, and be safe. Peace.